This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and uh, points all around the globe on the 77 WABC app. Also out on Eastern Long Island, simulcast on News Talk 107.1 FM. As we listen to uh, a beautiful, beautiful rendition of I don't know what from Elton John. Obviously, right. to celebrate the Queen's Jubilee. Or Billy Joel. But, I mean, you're right there. It's close. Actually, yeah. work together at some point. Yeah, they know each other. They're yeah. contemporaries. How about That's that? That's right. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, knew, I actually knew that. But, look, they do have uh, – there's a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always funny with, with these uh, royal celebrations, marriages, uh, baptisms, whatever the hell they do. Uh, this uh, Now it's – today it's the uh, Royal Jubilee – the 70th uh, year that Queen Queen Elizabeth is actually oh, in her reign. Please. 70 years. And so uh, I know I vacillate uh, ever since I watched The Queen. You know, I used to be a very, very you mean, harsh you, critic. You mean The Crown, you mean? The Crown. I said right, The Queen, yes. Right. Uh, the Crown. Yeah. I, uh, I used to be a, an extremely harsh critic. I was like, I mean, and I still feel this way. You know, like today, right at this second, I feel like uh, these people are wasting money. I mean, you got you got you got English orphans uh, rolling around London. They can't get their freaking teeth fixed. I mean, while on. these tone deaf parasites are yes. riding around London in gold plated horse drawn carriages. Please, I, I, I mean, I give love, me a break. I, I love the crown. Come too. on, wake up! It's the twenty first century. Right. I love the crown too. Peaky Blinders, all these shows. This stuff is so nauseating. It's so over the top. And then to have Piers Morgan and Martha McCallum and every network, CBS, NBC, like you said, whether it's Prince William getting married, Prince Harry getting married, celebrating 70 years of Queen Elizabeth today. Who cares? Seriously. Exactly. And by the way, henpecked Harry not there. And nobody gives a rat's ass. Nobody's looking for him. He's not there and nobody's looking for him. Nobody cares. And by the way, you know when they have, uh, you know, you know, you have an old spouse dies. You know they were supposedly very, very, very tight. One of them dies, and the other short, dies shortly thereafter of a broken heart. Well, Queen Elizabeth didn't die. Does that mean she didn't uh, have a broken heart? Well, I mean, come on, Philip was a uh, wasn't exactly faithful. That was out there over the years. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think she was going to die. But... I don't know. They all kept telling us how tight they were, and oh, uh, please, this, that, and the other, God. and. Here we are, and uh, she's still, uh, you know, 
Listen, he's still rolling around, drinking champagne, and he's out. Listen, there's two major stories today that you and I, I know are going to delve into in a big way. And I'm just going to get this off my chest right now. I'm trying to figure out which one I care less about. Queen Elizabeth's big jubilee today or the decision for Depp and uh, Heard yesterday. I, I just, I'm trying to figure out which one I care less about. I know they're major stories. We have to cover them. But for me, just for Sid Rosenberg, my God, I couldn't care about either one of these stories. Well, there you just had our, our coverage of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. <laughs> that was it. That, that's the extent of it. And uh, as far as uh, the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard, well, we'll just get into the, some, some of the uglier aspects of it. Not a lot of time on it because, like you, I couldn't, I really couldn't uh, devote any time to watching. But a lot of people did. Watching the trial, they were compelled by it. There was a crowd outside the freaking uh, courthouse yesterday cheering. I, I mean, know. actually cheering. Uh, listen, I had it in my house. I mean, Danielle, my beautiful wife, and my daughter, Ava, were deeply invested in this, deeply. And, and when, when the verdict came down yesterday, Danielle sent me a text, and I was like, oh, thank God, all is good in the world. I mean, these are two of the biggest narcissists, both of them, maybe you like heard more, I don't care. Maybe Johnny Depp got what he deserved yesterday. But neither one of these people are likable, at least with O.J. and Scott Peterson. There were murders. There was serious stuff. This is complete nonsense. Two narcissist Hollywood jerk-offs fighting over who's a bigger jerk-off. <laughs> we should stop there, but uh, <laughs> but I do, I do have some audio, so we're not. But that's, that's a brilliant summation. Uh, look, my wife was into it as well. A lot of people are big fans or were big fans of Johnny Depp. That's what it was it boils down to. Him uh, as a captain, whatever the hell, swashbuckling around the uh, Caribbean in the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, all those things. Yeah. And that's why they're into it. And, and then and then the idea that uh, some lying uh, a B-word will come along and ruin his career uh, and essentially, that's what happened. So there is a bigger well, sort of, uh, you know, a bigger overview of this, which is the end of the Me Too movement, right? Uh, as a lot of people are pointing out. That's why a person like uh, Alan Dershowitz, the brilliant lawyer, you would never think in a million years he would care about this, but he said flat out to you and I, oh, Sid and Bernie, I care about this because he claims that he was, um, you know, he was accused of something by Gulfroy in that Jeffrey Epstein trial that he never did. So he took a very right. close interest in this, and he's probably very happy that Johnny Depp won. So even a guy like Dershowitz paid attention. But let's be honest, Johnny Depp's career, that has not gone well for many years. I mean, I actually thought his best role ever was when he played uh, George Young in the movie Blow. I thought he was amazing as, uh, as a Coke dealer in that movie, above and beyond Pirates of the Caribbean, Gilbert Grape, all those great films. But it's not like Johnny Depp has made a great movie in years. No. Uh, well, that's true. And But, but for the past few years he couldn't because of the uh, whole me too who knows maybe he would have had some sort of comeback movie maybe not but in any case uh, let's 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 uh, let's do this i mean you got big stories out there very very important stories like uh oh i don't know jada pinkett smith actually uh opened her mouth on uh, on the uh, the bitch slap heard around the world yeah that's a big story we'll get to that as well no i'm just kidding of course there are <laughs> all, all types of things with uh, the imbecile in chief that actually affect us and crime in New York City. We'll get to that as well. But anyway, just uh, let's start off with the, the whole uh, the whole jury readout, if you will. Cut number two, please, Louis. Do you find that Mr. Depp has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer: Yes. Defecation. As against Amber Heard, <laughs> we, the jury, award compensatory damages 
in the amount of $10 million. As against Amber Heard, we the jury award punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. Do you find that Ms. Heard has proven all the elements of defamation? Answer, no. As against John C. Depp II, we the jury award compensatory damages in the amount of $2 million. So there you have it. He's got, he, he was awarded 15. He'll collect like 10.3 because of some stupid Virginia law. Who cares? Also, uh, she got uh, two two million dollars because of something the lawyer said. That that's essentially it. That's all you need to know. All this uh, coverage is uh, a waste of time. You listen to Bernie and said you'll just get the very very truncated version. Just as I said, all you need to know and some of the uglier aspects of it, like this, when uh, Johnny Depp had his uh, finger severed because she threw a vodka bottle at him. Cut number four, Louis. I think that I ended up locking myself in about at, le- at least nine bedrooms, bathrooms that day um, as she was banging on the doors and screaming obscenities and wanting to uh, have a physical yeah. education. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you not feel bad for a guy who had to lock himself? You ready for this? In nine bedrooms. Who yeah. the hell has nine bedrooms? Oh, I mean, the, the, uh, the, just the luxurious, uh, you know, surroundings that they, you know, it makes you think of the uh, ugly American. I mean, all this money that they had, these, yes. these Hollywood movie stars. Well, again, and I'm, I'm chastising the Brits for the English orphans, uh, you know, with the snaggle to- teeth uh, roaming around London. These people, I mean, they, they put the uh, the actual royal family to, to shame with the money that they were spending. Here's the vodka bottle thing. Uh, cut number three. Go ahead. She threw the large bottle, and it made contact and shattered everywhere. And I honestly didn't, I didn't feel the pain at first at all. I felt no pain whatsoever. What I felt was I felt heat. I felt heat, and I felt as if something were dripping down my hand, you know. And then I looked down and realized that the, the, the tip of my finger had been severed. And uh, I was looking directly at my bones. Nice. Nicely done, uh, Amber Heard. Uh, so that was that. And also, uh, it got really, really ugly with, the, with you know, uh, well, cavity searches, uh, you know, fecal matter on the bed. Here, listen to Amber Heard. I have one clip of Amber talking about this a cavity search allegedly performed by Johnny Depp Cut One. And then it became clear to me he was, like, looking for something. He cleared things off the bed. I went into the bathroom, and as I come out, he asked me where it is and how long I've been hiding it. I was like, what are you talking about? And he says, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Be honest with me. Where are you hiding it? And he starts what it feels like patting me down or saying he's patting me down. I can't recall, but he ripped my dress, the strap top part of my dress. He's like grabbing my breasts. He's touching my thighs. He rips my underwear off. And then he proceeds to do a cavity search. She doesn't mean her, she doesn't mean her teeth. For his drugs, his cocaine, his coke. Not her mouth, folks. Not her mouth, not her teeth. <laughs> right. She wasn't looking for cavities there. Yeah. Uh, that was about as ugly. Here, Here's the bottom line is that she never p- produced any evidence whatsoever. No pictures, no nothing. And he did. He had pictures and stories, and uh, 
And then he had Kate Moss come in and uh, testify on his behalf. She really had nobody of uh, consequence. The last one, the last thing, is that was her really filthy story. His most uh, filthy story was cut number five here. Louis, please play that. I had received some news that was as absurd and grotesque and cruel. And then I was shown a picture of what the problem was. What was the photograph of Mr. Depp? It was a photograph of the bed, our bed. And on my side of the bed was human fecal matter. Duty! Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah, it was duty in the bed. It wasn't a good time to go down there. No. no. It was a good time to play the Donald Trump. You're full of crap. And uh, so anyway, that was as uh, that was the ugliest part of what he had to allege of what she did. And, and so anyway, let's move on quickly to uh, just women for the most part. I can tell you my wife, uh, she was of the opinion that Amber Heard was a lying B word. Mine too. And uh, and that that Johnny Depp got what he deserved. Yep. Uh, Nancy Grace, he, a friend of yours, actually. She appeared on our show many, many times in the past. A cut eight. This is what Nancy Grace said of the whole thing. She's very entertaining, of course. Go ahead. If someone had body okay. cavity searched me for drugs or raped me with a wine bottle, I'd be gone. I wouldn't stay around. But she did, which in my mind negates the claim. I find that very fantastical mm. to believe. Mm. And for her to now say this was a David and Goliath story where she is cast as David and Depp as Goliath, that somehow she couldn't fight all of his power and sway, that's not her undoing. Her undoing was her own lies in front of the jury. Oh, my God. Uh, Nancy Grace, is. Uh, yeah, I, she puts the fear of God into she, uh, men. She does. Know? She does. And, again, this is a win for men who are being uh, fakely accused. But I will say she should be smarter than that. The fact that Amber Heard stuck around, if, in fact, all this is true. I know Johnny Depp won, but who the hell knows? Uh, yeah, listen, there's a lot of women, a lot of women who get battered, beaten, and stick around. And Nancy knows that. She knows better, whether it's because they love the man, whether it's because they've got no self-esteem, whether it's because they want the money, whatever it is, women that get their asses kicked every day stay with abusive men. So oh, sure. the, the idea that she would have left because as part of some sick role play or, or foreplay, no matter what Johnny Depp says, he stuck a bottle somewhere he shouldn't have stuck it, is a little silly. So I agree with a lot of what Nancy Grace said, there, uh, most of what she said, but not there. Not there. Women stick around who get who are in a lot worse situations than Amber Heard. Uh, how many times have you uh, heard stories or even witnessed personally, which I have, uh, you know, a guy is beating the crap out of a woman in the street. You in, somebody intervenes on behalf of the woman, and then the woman ends up starting to punch the hell out of you. Yes, yeah, she yells at along, you along right. with the guy. Yeah, stay out of it. Leave it. Don't worry about right, it. Right, exactly. And they don't press charges. The cops come. Women don't press charges. And you know, sometimes like Joel Steinberg, for example, that was such a famous New York case. He ended up killing his little girl, the daughter. But had a Nussbaum, his wife. She looked like Rocky. I mean, she she was he beat the living daylights out of her, and she stuck around. So right, exactly. that, that's where Nancy Grace, I think, got a little silly uh, in her um, in her uh, closing speech. There. Yeah, her rationale fell a little short. Yeah, but uh, that that is an argument that a lot of people were making, and she made it there. She's a little. She's a little crazy and scary, Nancy Grace. Do you not agree with that? <laughs> Listen, she yelled at me one time on IMAS, and I literally started to cry because you may remember the first I time. Do. Yeah, you know, Iman had her on during the Kobe Bryant trial. And right before she came on, I was like, Iman, why would you bring this lady on? 
Uh, everybody is guilty before they're innocent, according to Nancy Grace. She's the complete opposite of what it's supposed to be. And then Imus, uh, like he always did, he brought her in and told her, oh, you know, my sports guy says that you're, uh, you know, you're, uh, and she's like, well, yeah, she's, she said something to the extent of when you sleep with dogs, you wake up with fleas. Therefore, I'm not going to respond to your sports guys, Rosenberg's comments. And then years after that, her and I became good friends. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and then she became a frequent guest on, on our show because of that friendship. Uh, but she, she is, uh, she's, a little, she's a little off the hook, I would say, Nancy Grayson. And finally, Judge Janine. She's another one who puts the fear of God into men, just the way she talks. And she's just kind of scary. But she's brilliant. She's brilliant, and she's likable, very, very likable. She's a colleague of ours here on 77 WABC. But uh, nevertheless, uh, she's forceful. And here's her assessment of the whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. And again, it's just entertaining, if nothing else. Cut number seven. Go ahead, Lou. This woman lied over and over again, and I feel free to say that on television. Mm. She lied. She was a liar. She was the abuser, and he was the victim. And they found for him $10 million compensatory, $5 million punitive, punitive. punitive damages. That's to punish you, Amber Heard, yeah. for, for taking on this guy's life and destroying his life so you could be part of the Me Too movement. Don't give me this stuff. You know, it's a setback for women. You do not represent women. You represent the worst of women who try to falsely blame men. So there you have it. Uh, so it's roundly criticized. And the jury roundly applauds for their uh, roundly applauded and lauded for their decision to uh, grant all that money. And as one of the uh, uh, analysts point out, a lot a lot of this money was for punitive reasons, which is very rare uh, to give money for punitive reasons, not not just damages, but punitive reasons. And so the jury they really hated her as well. Uh, so anyway, there is our assessment of the Amber Heard thing. And the royal, the, the royal jubilee, the platinum jubilee out in London. Whereas I'm watching TV right now, you have, uh, you have all of these. What do they call those dudes with the fuzzy hats on? Yeah, they, there's a name for these yeah, guys. Yeah, they're called the royal mounts, um, something like that. They, they don't move. Yeah. But they, they don't move. They don't blink their eyes. They do nothing. I remember I had Gabriel once a couple years ago in London breakdance in front of one of them, begging them to respond. They did nothing. Didn't even move. No, my son and I, we got very, very liquored up uh, during the day. As a matter of fact. And uh, my son actually relieved himself on one of their legs. Oh my God! And the guy stood there very stoically. <laughs> he he didn't didn't bat an eye. And uh, you know we just uh, pulled the zipper up and said, uh, "All right, mate, that's it. Hey, cheerio!" And we left. Uh, so uh, yeah, they're very very not never happened. But uh, yeah. So anyway, you have that here. And uh, to be serious on the Bernie and Sid show, we will speak to Bill O'Reilly later. Uh, this is Pride Month, and uh, all uh, we talked about it yesterday. They're going to shove this down your throat. I mean, it's just like You're going to want to change that. You're going to want to change that. Oh. Shove it down your throat may not be the. No, I think I'll stick with it. Okay, go with that. Fine. I think this the year 2022 (laughs) is uh, one like no other. And by the way, this verdict is a manifestation of the change that is a coming here, a refreshing breath of fresh air. It's going to be morning in America, and uh, as opposed to. Morning in America, morning with a U. Uh, that type of morning has oh, been going on the past couple of years. Very good. And now we're going back to uh, the one that uh, that occurred in the United States after Ronald Reagan was more, right. was elected president. But uh, Well, my friend Lynn, by the way, tells me those folks are called uh, like the gin, beef eaters. Oh, beef eaters. Okay, that's right. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's right. They're on the cover of uh, Gordon's Gin. 
on the bottles. They're on the uh, outside, on the label. I love Gordon's gin. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> she just brought up a, a, a lovely – there's nothing like summer and Gordon's gin, a hot-ass day and a glass of uh, – a glass of Gordon's gin with uh, a little lime in it. Oh, my God, nothing better. But so, yeah, the Pride Month is out there. Uh, there was even one that was absolutely the worst the meme to see, which was the United States Marine Corps. Uh, this General Milley and uh, General Austin, these two woke weasel creeps who, who, who screwed up the whole Afghanistan thing, they have a helmet, a Marine Corps helmet, with a, a pride flag on it, and yep, then yep. And five, five or six bullets attached to the helmet in the Pride Pride Month colors or whatever, the rainbow colors. Yep. I mean, leave the freaking Marine Corps alone, you sons of bitches. This is really, really, really annoying. And we have nothing against gays. We love gays. But stop. Stop it already. Just because you were born gay doesn't mean you, you accomplished yeah, anything. By the way, I don't love gays. I don't care. I mean, God bless you. I don't love gays more than I love whites or blacks. I don't love any. You know, whatever. Right, exactly. Just go do what you got to do. I mean, and that's the way it should be. God, that's who cares? Exactly. We were, we, we were born hetero, and that doesn't mean we're great. A lot of people are born hetero, and uh, they're, they're bad people. Well, People can be born gay and can be bad people as well. We're all equal. Nobody's uh, above anybody else. And they've accomplished, uh, you know, the whole gay movement. It's over. Every everybody, everybody's accepting uh, accepting of gays. Of course, there was an incident on uh, a subway yesterday, number two train, and it was a gay couple. Uh, a gay couple was blasting music on the number two train, and some black dude was like, "Yo, turn that down." Uh, they wouldn't turn it down. He whipped out a knife and uh, started uh, flashing the knife, swinging the knife. I didn't stab anybody, but yeah. they're calling it a hate crime. But uh, whatever, just. Keep the radio down, okay? It could have right, been I mean, a please, but it's, been it's, a, it's not the gay, straight, straight couple. The LBGT community, uh, well, it's the transgenders. Gay people were starting to become more and more tolerant. Not you and I; we've always been tolerant, but folks are. But it's the other folks in that community, not just gays, transgenders, yeah, no, it's trans, and these yeah. types of folks that people feel like we're not making any progress at all. That's that's their bitch more than the gays. And, and then the trans thing is a lot worse because of uh, what they want to do to kids. Groom the kids, also whack their wieners off and their breasts and puberty blockers. That's a that's a whole different animal right here. But anyway, there you have it on the Bernie and Sid show. Now we'll get into uh, a lot of other things. A one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two. Of course, the number. You have anything salient to say? By all means, give us a call. We're going to speak to Bill O'Reilly, and we're going to speak to uh, Leslie Visser, our old friend Sid Rosenberg. Right, Leslie, uh, a, a big. Speaking of breaking glass ceilings, uh, the, the first female to do a lot of things in the sports world. She's the uh, first uh, Hall of Famer, and uh, just last week she was the first ever to win an Emmy, a Lifetime Achievement Award for sports as a woman. That was just last week here in New York. Been a good friend of mine from down in Miami, Boca Raton, actually, for many, many years. I know she knows you guys as well. But uh, just last week, another huge award, the only woman to get it for Leslie Visser. There you have it on the Bernie and Sid Show, folks. Uh, keep it here. We're coming right back. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Fox puts it in the middle for Lafreniere. Back for Hino, and he scores again. Yeah. 
now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the narrow, but I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pulled me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off-white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there Bed-Stuy, home of that boy Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata, still sipping my tie. Sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high five. I be spiked out, I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. Sean McDonough right there on the call, courtesy of ESPN. One of two goals by Philippe Heedle, who's now got seven. This is a young star for the Rangers, part of that kids line with Lafreniere and, uh, and of course, uh, Kako. Now, he gets two goals last night. Kreider, another goal. Now 61 on the season when you include the regular season. Only the second Ranger ever to score more than 60 goals in a season when you include regular season and playoffs. Adam Graves did that when he scored 52 and 10, 62 goals back in the Stanley Cup season in 1994. Zabinijad scored. Uh, Panarin scored. It was just a... Uh, a tremendous effort. The Rangers are just getting better. They're the youngest team out there. They're just getting better. They really clobbered that lightning goalie who is widely regarded as the best goalie in the world, winning two straight Stanley Cups and a great playoff run so far this year. But not last night at Madison Square Garden. The Rangers took it to them, and now the Rangers are just three wins away. It'll be tough, but just three wins away from representing the Eastern Conference Finals in the Stanley Cup. But they have not been since 2015 when they got beat by the Los Angeles Kings. I know you watched it, Bernie. My, my text was on fire all night. Lou Rafino, Luke Lograno, Justin Ellick, Andrew Giuliani, Pete Morgan, State, Tom Mango, a ton of folks texting me as they always do during these Ranger games. And another huge win for New York last night. Wow. Yeah, listen, uh... Oh, did you get emotional? I, I have to ask you that question. No, not is, yet. Not yet. Not yet because, but I will. If they beat Tampa Bay now and move on the, this to is the real, finals. <laughs> look, it, it really, as, as we mentioned to uh, uh, to Duguay yesterday, this does seem like destiny. It does seem like the Rangers, this is fate. This is this is the year that they're going to uh, re- repeat, you know, the Stanley Cup victory of 94. It just feels that way. Don't you get that feeling? I do. And, and like I said, they're getting better. Six goals in that Game 7 win on the road in Carolina. Six goals Game 1 last night against the world's best goalie, although Shesterkin has something to say about that against Tampa Bay. So uh, it's fun, you know, and uh, every night now is a big, big game, and Game 2 comes your way from Madison Square Garden coming up tomorrow night. One of the sports story you and I covered a lot, that was the Josh Donaldson Tim Anderson's story, and of course, if you forgot the story, Tim Anderson, very, very talented player. Great player, in fact. Shortstop, Chicago White Sox, once referred to himself as Jackie Robinson. Said, I'm the new Jackie. I'm bringing fun back to the game. So uh, Josh Donaldson and the Yankees were playing the White Sox a couple of weeks ago. Donaldson's on second base. He looks over at the shortstop. Anderson goes, hey, Jackie. Uh, Anderson said nothing at the time, turned into a big deal. Tony LaRusso called him a racist. Baseball suspended Donaldson for one game. And the thing I said that day was, I want to see, forget about Manfred, forget about Boone. I want to see how his teammates with the Yankees treat him. First thing I said, and sure enough, their best player, and maybe the best player in baseball, Aaron Judge, he came out and uh, did not defend Josh Donaldson. And for the first time yesterday, Josh Donaldson said, quote, I was hurt. 
by Aaron Judge and my teammates not standing up for me. And I got news for you, Josh wow. Donaldson, 1,000% right. Absolutely. Wow, that's amazing that he came out and said that instead of uh, internalizing it and just dealing with it. But, uh, he, yeah, he's 1,000% correct. I mean, they're teammates. But that's how afraid they are of the mob. I mean, they they don't they, they they apparently haven't gotten the memo yet, or maybe they feel this way genuinely. But my, my sense is that they haven't gotten the memo that things are changing. You can come out, come on out, and and, and express your feelings, saying, "Look, he was just kidding around. He was just breaking balls. There was no racism involved. There was none of that." They they could easily say that and survive in 2022. They couldn't do it in 2020, but I think today they could have, and they didn't because of uh, you know basically the Yankees have thrown in the towel and have acted like cowards, the organization has, for the past couple of years. And uh, the latest being, of course, I, I mentioned it yesterday, the Latinx thing. Yeah. And, uh, of course, yeah. going way back to uh, Kate Smith, even before George Floyd, uh, dumping Kate Smith. I believe that that occurred before George Floyd. Uh, so, anyway, maybe they're, they're following, they're expressing those sentiments. But it's sad. It's too bad. Rally around your teammates. uh like, uh, you know, I actually heard one of the players did say that. I can't remember his name, but Aaron Boone was, uh, yeah. he was supportive. I he mean, was, he, he was. He yeah. said it's a tough call, but not worthy of a suspension. And, and look, if it was a real serious situation, you don't have to rally around your teammates. You could just shut up. But looking back at that, there was nothing racist about it. There was no reason for Judge to be even even a little critical of his teammate. Yeah, I mean, if a guy says the N-word out there, then you're, gonna, you know, you're not going to defend him. He'll just shut up. But Donaldson did nothing wrong, nothing. I don't care what Joel Sherman says. I don't care what uh, Tony La Russa says. He did nothing wrong, and Judge should have been there. Yanks got to be careful. Right now, they're 34-15. and 15. They've got the best record in Major League Baseball. But things like this... Every now and then, inside a clubhouse, do tend to derail a fast-moving train. So the Yankees need to be careful, stay as a unit, stay as one, if, in fact, they want to continue what's been an amazing start to this season. Yeah, this could be uh, really disruptive in the uh, locker room because I, I gather Josh Donaldson's not going anywhere. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no, nothing on the horizon that's, uh, you know, that indicates that they're going to trade him or anything like that. No. Uh, and by, by the way, he did nothing wrong. Uh, on the contrary, uh, uh, what's his name? Anderson did do something wrong. Correct. By meant by comparing himself, that, talk about disrespectful, to Jackie Robinson. For Correct. God's sakes, Jackie Robinson went through hell. This guy went through nothing. How nothing. dare you compare yourself? Agreed. And that should be the sentiment, uh, IMHO, uh, but it's not. Uh, you know, among some of these people, because they're afraid. They're afraid. And uh, but the, uh, w w never fear, folks. I think a lot of this uh, cowardice is, is going to uh, evaporate uh, this year. I think it's doing so already in a lot of instances, but uh, not here, sadly. No, it's not. We'll, uh, again, we'll talk to Bill O'Reilly, the highlight of the week, coming up at 8.40 this morning. Hall what of Famer and now Emmy Award winner Leslie Visser coming up at 9.05. And uh, we're opening an attorney, either Alan Dershowitz or Joe Tacopina, coming up at 7.40 on the Depp and Amber Heard Verdict. So we got uh, looking at three great guests. Lydia reports and beat Bernie, but at six thirty-six on this beautiful Thursday morning, as the sun starts to come out in New York City, Bernie, we've got work to do. We do. Traffic and sports is coming up next. Right now, it is time for the seventy-seven WABC clip of the day. Listen to Rita Cosby at ten o'clock at night every weeknight, Monday through Friday on seventy-seven WABC. Check out a sample of Rita's work right here. Take a listen.
Still, so many questions about the police response in Texas. The more we hear, the more stunning it is. And this Uvalde school security chief keeps ducking and weaving authorities. This guy is really MIA. And at a time where now the family members are outraged and the fury is mounting. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid on Sports. Oh my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. For the first time this postseason, the Rangers win a game one. Don't forget they lost game one to the Penguins in triple overtime. They lost game one to Carolina in overtime. Last night, they returned home game one. Tampa Bay Lightning Eastern Conference Finals and the Rangers scored four unanswered goals and beat the Lightning by a final score of 6-2. to two. Chris Kreider who scored 52 during the regular season. He has nine in the postseason. As I mentioned earlier, only the second Ranger ever to score a combined 60-plus goals between the regular season and the playoffs. Open the scoring for the Rangers last night. Here's a chance for Zibanejad out in front and Chris Kreider scores! Just a minute and 11 seconds into game one. Chris Kreider has done it again. Philip Heedle, the big star for the Rangers last night, his sixth and seventh postseason goals. That was Sean McDonough, ESPN. Rangers lead the series one game to nothing. Game two tomorrow night, Madison Square Garden out west. Game two coming up tonight. Colorado leads Edmonton one game to zero in that series. The NBA Finals gets going tonight, 9 o'clock ESPN. The Boston Celtics taking on the Golden State Warriors. Baseball yesterday, the Yankees were postponed. They'll play the Angels later on today. The Yanks still the best record in Major League Baseball at 34-15. and 15. They've got a five-game lead over the Blue Jays atop the AL East. The Mets win again and another shutout. Hector Carrasco, excuse me, Carlos Carrasco, and four Met pitchers combined to shut out the Nationals 5 to nothing. Big game for Tomas Nito. He went 4 for 4. The Mets improved to 35-17. and 17. They've got a 10-and-a-half game lead over the Braves and start a huge four-game set against a team with the best record inside the National League out west, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The great Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840 with sports. I'm Sid. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Crazy little thing called love. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Heard in London, if you like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, where uh, a colossal uh, waste of money, a display, uh, uh, you know, this conspicuous consumption on the part of the royal family. 
you know, while people are starving. And, again, I point out that the snaggletooth orphans rolling around London, they can't get their teeth fixed while these idiots are, are, are parading around in horse-drawn, gold-plated carriages, just tone-deaf. That's all over your network TVs, all over the place. It's really just too much. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I watched The Crown. Yeah, okay, I liked it. Yeah, me too. I, I, I became yeah. enamored a little bit with the royal family after it, but uh, Not really. it's kind of worn off. No, it's it's awful. And, and don't forget, I've got a daughter who I love dearly, who at this point is a complete 180 from me in terms of politics. I mean a complete 180. We fight almost every night, but I love her to death. And she's on her way to England to go to college. So she got up early this morning just to watch this. So not only do I do I have to listen to other people talk about it, my own beloved daughter is caught up in this nonsense because she's moving there. And she loves the royal family, a la Juliet Huddy. And uh, listen, I just, yeah. I, I just don't care. I don't care. Don't give a rat's ass. What do they do? They don't even do do anything. They they, they they don't don't do anything. What do they do there? They're parasites is what they are. What they will argue is uh, uh, that uh, they draw tourists that well uh, make make up for the money they're spending now, that they're above and beyond the money that they take in and and spend on on displays, ostentatious displays like this. They actually make money because of the royal family. That is the argument that, that they will uh, uh, posit. I've been to London many times. I've been to Buckingham Palace. I'm not going to lie to you. It's very, very cool when you pull up in front of the gates and you see a couple of beat beaters outside. And for about 15 minutes, you walk kind of, wow, that's where the queen lives. But you can't go inside. You can't do anything. You just kind of drive outside by the gates. So yep. it's, it's a tourist uh, attraction for about 15 minutes. That's I'm it. T- I, I'm just giving you the argument from the other side. I went through it. Yeah. You know, we used to, uh, on the IMA show, we used to have her on all the time. Lou, you remember this. Uh, uh, Lloyd Webber. What was her name? The first, her first name? Andrew Lloyd Webber's daughter. And this girl, Imogen Lloyd Webber. And I used to debate her every week. And we got into some vicious debates over the royal family. And that's what she would constantly say to me is that they make money. They make more money than they spend. So shut up, she was telling me. So uh, I'm just telling you what they're saying. All right. And, uh, and by the way, whatever happened to Imogen Lloyd Webber? She, she fell off the face of the earth. Or maybe she went back to London. She couldn't stand people like me here in New York. <laughs> yeah. I, ch- I think I chased her away. She was a nice girl, though. But either way, speaking of New York, violence all over the place. And they'll, they'll continue to talk about gun violence. I mentioned this uh, gay couple attacked on the two train by some, somebody who was annoyed that they were blasting music. First of all, don't blast music on the subway, all right? Put in a pair of freaking headphones because it is annoying. I'm not defending the guy who uh, was slashing the, this gay couple with a knife at all. But, uh, but don't be blasting music on some boombox. It's not 1979 anymore. That's A and B. Uh, uh, headphones available all over the place. Now, yesterday, Eric Adams, uh, he, he talked about the gun violence. And whenever Eric Adams speaks... It's worth listening to him for, well, a variety of reasons. Cut 35. Go ahead, Lou. The NYPD is actively getting guns out of the hands of potential shooters and doing everything possible to protect their fellow New Yorkers. Uh, Yeah, well, I'm sure they are, but uh, whatever it is, it's not working. And it's not just gun violence, Eric. You've got to stop talking about gun violence like these dopey news anchors as though it were guns. It's people. A million times, for the, for the 10,000 10, time, we're telling you, it's not the guns, it's the people pulling the triggers. That's right. And, and the proof is in the pudding. A story today comes out that, what, Bernard, over 60,000 folks have left New York to go down to Florida. They're going to do something they're calling Wall Street South. 
down in Florida. Now, somebody did say, one of these executives, the only bad part about moving to Florida is Florida sucks, and you can say that all you want. That's fine. It doesn't. I lived there for 16 years. It's beautiful weather. It's clean. It's Republican run. It, it far from sucks. New York sucks, but the proof is right there. Eric Adams can put up all the billboards he wants and talk about New York all he wants. They are leaving here in huge numbers, and they ain't coming back anytime soon. And uh, speaking of disasters, and you're right, yes, absolutely they are, with, with good reason. With good reason, I would point out. Same thing down in, in Washington, D.C., a total disaster. The White House is in shambles, staff fleeing, black people uh, who work for Biden saying, my God, this guy is, uh, this guy is Jim Crow Joe himself. And other people, just, it's, it's, it's just a managerial disaster down there. People uh, just uh, like uh, Usain Bolt running out of the White House looking for other jobs. <laughs> I swear to God, so all they have left, I mean, inflation, they, they did something yesterday on formulas. I'll get to that in a second. But Biden did announce a new commandant, a new commandant for the head of the Coast Guard. And this is what they're reduced to. And this is what he's been doing, by the way, for a long time, Joe Biden, is this virtue signaling on uh, glass ceilings. A cut number 22, Joe Biden, right here. There's more work to be done to ensure the Coast Guard and all the branches of our armed forces reflect the full strength and diversity, including at the highest levels of our leadership. We need to see more women at the highest levels of command in the Coast Guard and across every service in the armed forces. We need to have the best. That's what we need. Listen. This guy uh, appointing people on the basis of their body parts, you know, they have to happen to have a, uh, you know, a vagina as opposed to a penis. I'll point this out to you, 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 you stupid creep. You appointed Harris. You appointed Janet Yellen. You appointed Corrine St. Pierre. All these people I'm naming turned out to be utter disasters. Jennifer Granholm, not a qualified by any stretch of the imagination. Jen Saki? Yeah, well, Saki was the, uh, the most qualified. No, that's person. true. That's she true. actually yes. did a halfway decent job if you were on, on the left, if right. you're on their side. You're right. But Jennifer Granholm, she's an energy secretary. Things are falling apart like you can't believe. She had no experience whatsoever. Colossal failures, as I'll point out. And this Corrine, uh, whatever she is, the face of the administration every single day, so, so embarrassing. I don't think if you've ever seen her yet. Uh, said she just looks at her little binder there yep, yep. and tries to read out of it. Cut 20, uh, excuse me, yeah, it's cut 23. Kareen, listen to this idiot. Go ahead. Okay, um, so there are two graphs behind me. Uh, what, basically what they show is more supplies being sold on the market compared to a year ago. So, um, and this is without uh, Abbott uh, being in the market right now, clearly. And we've seen a lot of progress uh, happening as you can see in 2022 compared to 2021, uh, and as you can see up here as well. And so, and that's due to our actions here at the White House. So obviously we, we admit that there's still a lot more work to be done. I mean, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. Here's Biden talking about inflation. This idiot who I just want to punch in the face, uh, cut number 13. There's a lot going on uh, right now, but the idea we're going to be able to you know, click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term. You blanking idiot. Of course there is. You, you flip the switch. You, you signal to the world that we're, 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 as Mr. Katz would say, opening the spigots. We're going to start drilling, pumping, uh, handing out leases. We're going to get the pipeline back up and running. 
Gas prices will go down overnight. Yeah, so the idea that you can click a switch. And I don't know why these stupid Republicans aren't hammering that home more. That it's all Joe Biden. That the stuff is underneath us. That we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to the Venezuelans and uh, you know people overseas, even the Iranians, to get this dirty, dirty oil when we can do it cleanly here. I don't know why they don't push that that message home. Uh, the only uh, the, the the closest we get to that is these people putting stickers on the gas pump saying, uh, 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 pictures of Biden saying that I did this. I mean, it's really, really so bad. One more, a uh, doozy to this. Uh, that does, uh, P- Peter Ducey to this uh, Corrine St. Pierre, or whatever the hell her name is, on inflation, cut number uh, 15. Go ahead, play that little. Another big topic. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong about inflation? <laughs> no easy questions today. So the present economic plan, as we see it, is working. Yeah, we see it as it's working. I mean, are you kidding me, lady? And it's Janet Yellen speaking of failures, cut number 18. Uh, she made an admission yesterday which we knew was wrong at the time, but she finally came around to, hey, uh, cut 18, Lou, go. I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time, didn't fully understand. Why don't they fire her ass? We pay you to anticipate this stuff. No, she's and a woman. understand this stuff. You can't fire a woman. Get her nuts. freaking stupid. Oh, get her out. You can't do it. You can't fire Listen. a woman. You can't fire a black person. You can't do it. It's not worth the aggravation. It's better off just having the country go to hell, and at least you don't look bad. By the way, the whole cabinet are, are colossal failures, men and women, I true. would point out. That is true. All of them. Yeah. The whole... None other than Obama's economic advisor, Larry Summers, he was sounding the alarm, uh, well, a year and a half ago. This guy, Steve Ratner, who appears on Morning Joe all the time, he was sounding the alarm a year and a half ago. Here he is yesterday, cut 17, Steve Ratner, a liberal Democrat economist. Play it, please. We're all paying the price for having overstimulated this economy during the pandemic and putting too much money into people's pockets. Uh, which created a lot of this inflation. So that's the spending that Biden would tell you what what doesn't affect. I'm sick and tired of people saying that my spending is causing inflation. It was. It was your COVID relief plan. Thank God for Joe Manchin. And we didn't pass this bill back broke bill that that you were uh, contemplating. You were trying to get through Congress or inflation would be forget about 9 percent. It would be 15 percent. So, again, uh, utter disasters on all fronts. Uh, in, In some cases, they want these high gas prices, but they don't want uh, the other inflation at the grocery stores because it is a, a people are waking up and they're seeing not only the gas prices, but, you know, a, a, a pound of, 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 uh, of ground beef on the weekends to grill is, again, off the charts. It's, it's doubled what it was a year ago. And so it's affecting people, voters. It wasn't like this under Trump, they're thinking, and they're right. And uh, the winds are blowing. They're going to be. It's going to be a red wave, November twenty twenty two, and uh, I can't wait for it. I just, I'm so furious at what these people have done to this country, this great country. I mean, the last time we were humming and everybody was happy was the summer of twenty nineteen before COVID struck. Uh, it was a great time, the summer of twenty nineteen, and uh, let's go back to those years, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, when Trump was president and the Republicans were in charge. And things was everything was nice. Everything was moving along. Oh yeah, you had some mean tweets, 
Oh, that's right. I forgot about the mean tweets. You had Trump calling certain countries assholes. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, again, they were assholes. And, but this country, everybody was happy. And around the globe, pretty much, things were there. There were no food shortages. There were no wars in the Ukraine. Uh, right here on the Bernie and Sitcho. A lot more to come. Bill O'Reilly, Leslie Visser, 1-800-848-9222. If you want to call in on Opine, we're coming right back. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. Oh, Lou. Flesh for Lulu? Very impressive, Lou Rufino. One of my favorite bands in the 80s, the good old days of Thursday nights. Eisenhower Park, I guess. Metro. Metro 700. A lot of cocaine in it back then. Anyway, it is uh, 7.04 on your Thursday morning after a rainy night. I got to tell you, at one point during the Ranger game last night, my house lit up. And I was like, what the hell was that? I mean, really severe lightning and thunder out by the beach. But the sun is now coming out, and it promises to be a nice day the rest of the way in a gorgeous, sun-splashed, rain-free weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and I got a busy day coming up, Bernard, because um, and my wife even busier. My wife was in actually both courts this morning, Nassau and Suffolk. But coming up at uh, 4.30 this afternoon is our much-anticipated Zoom call with the producers of the most popular show now. It's gone past the Housewife series of the most popular show on the Bravo Network, Below Deck. Ah. Yeah, we've got our Zoom with the producers at 4.30. And um, if it all goes well, and there's no reason to believe it won't, then as I told you last week, we will be filming an episode going on a cruise in the Mediterranean and be on Below Deck, me, Danielle, and some of our friends and other folks Sometime next season. That's at 4.30. And then, as if that's not enough, i got to make my way tonight, Bernard, to the Bell Harbor Yacht Club where our dear mutual friend Mike Sullivan takes care of the catering along with Joe from A&S Pork. And uh, tonight is a big, big dinner for a guy running for Congress, a Republican in that area. His name is um, Paul King. No relation to Peter King, but ironically, Peter King is, in fact, introducing Paul King tonight at this big event. And who's introducing Peter King tonight, me. Look at you, man, at a yacht club after you do you have a, a meeting with producers of a TV show. Uh, you've, you've really stepped up in the world. Are you sure you still want to know us? Or uh, I mean, I appreciate you coming down and doing the show with uh, me and Lou and the guys. But uh, you really don't need uh, you don't need us peons out here. You 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 a celebrity man. You a player. Well, you, you was a big time player. I don't know about that, but this guy Paul, I met him a couple of days ago. Bernie, me and Danielle's wife Margaret is a sweet lady. And look, anytime a Republican is running anywhere, I care. The fact that the yacht club is like eight blocks from my house, and uh, the esteemed Peter King is taking a huge part in this makes it even better. So that'll be uh, tonight. Uh, I will not be able to watch the big debate. I know you know this, Bernie, but most probably don't. On New York 1, it'll be moderated by that racist, low-life scumbag Errol Lewis. I like him very much, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. That racist, low-life scumbag Errol Lewis will moderate a debate tonight on New York 1 for governor. And get this. It's going to be Tom Swazi, our good buddy, who uh, looked as though for at least one day 
was a one of those uh, common-sense Democrats that John Katsimatidis talks about, which I haven't found one yet, by the way, not one, but we thought he was the guy for about a day till right. he reversed himself on the Miami, oh, excuse me, on the Florida Parental Act decision. He's a fraud. Right, he's a fraud, so he's going to be there. This Jamani Williams, the public advocate, he's going to be there, but guess who decided not to, cam- uh, to come? Guess who declined the invitation? The uh, actual governor, Kathy Hochul. Yeah, well, uh, that's funny. That's, uh, that, that takes a lot of wind out of their sails that she's not going to be there, obviously. And right. And I'm glad, too, because the same goes for, uh, what's his name, er- Errol Lewis. Uh, he, he will not have as uh, big a broadcast as he thought he was going to have. But, uh, well, her strategy, obviously, is uh, she's the governor, and these the two wannabes are stragglers who are way back, way, way, way in the, you know, uh, uh, compared to her. Uh, name recognition-wise and, and all kinds of otherwise things, they're just uh, they're nobodies. So she doesn't want to elevate them to her level. Right. And right. that's a good strategy on her part. Right. She's already got the seat right now. Didn't win anything. Don't forget, folks. She didn't win anything. She was placed there because she was next in charge when Cuomo left. But I asked you this a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I thought you thought differently. I thought you thought that Tom Swazi even though, again, he's fallen out of favor on this show. I thought you thought that he was uh, had a legitimate chance on that side, or no? No. Uh, well, probably not. Not, not with this, uh, you know, in, in, in a super blue state, uh, the People's Republic of New York, even though he's a moderate. Maybe in this year you can make, make a case that the moderate would do well because of the winds of change that are blowing on the political scene nationally and locally. Uh, statewide, uh, and, and, but not not necessarily citywide. But statewide, you can feel it as well. The the winds are changeable. He has a better chance than he would have any other year being the moderate. But uh, still, I haven't seen any polls. She's the incumbent, and uh, they have a huge advantage. The incumbents. Yeah. So she's probably looking at the polls, saying, "Yeah, I'm way way ahead of this guy. Why should I step in in a room and make him the equivalent of me?" Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, might he have a chance? He's staking out a good middle ground position, being the weasel that he is. Uh, and again, he's a fraud and all that. We know that. But still, uh, probably not. Uh, he probably doesn't have a good a chance as I thought a couple of weeks ago. Okay, I agree with you. Uh, on the other side, of course, I get asked every day, are you and Bernie going to do that debate between Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino, and Harry Wilson? And uh, right now, the answer is no. There is no plans of doing any debates here. We'll see if that changes somewhere down the line. I did speak to Lee Zeldin a couple of days ago. Giuliani tweets me, excuse me, texts me during every Ranger game like six or seven times, by the way. So we'll see if that changes. We will let you know. Now, Eric Adams, who did come under fire in hour number one here, Bernie, he does every day. You and I, the most critical of Eric, along with guys like Greg Kelly, Curtis Sliwa, Cindy Adams, and maybe the rest of New York at this point. But he did two things yesterday that I kind of like. Right, here is the first. The cops have come under massive, massive fire in Ovalde, Texas, for standing outside for 77 minutes and doing nothing. Were they afraid? Was it policy? We don't know at this point the exact reason why, but we do know that while they stood outside, people died, and no one has any patience for that. Well, the mayor, Eric Adams, did talk about that yesterday, and this is Eric Adams number 10, Lewis. He basically said, not in my city. That is not going to happen in New York. Uh, We go in with an active shooter. Not only would the police go in with an active shooter, but the FDNY, EMS, they're trained to go in with an active shooter. And I believe them. Again, we we, we talk about measuring up to New York cops. 
And uh, we saw the bravest of all back on 9-11 when those guys and girls knew those buildings were coming down and still still were running up the stairs to save lives, the ultimate act of, of courage, and a lot of them died doing that. So we know what we do here in New York. By the way, Eric didn't do that. He was a cop for a very, very long time and had like a, two arrests, maybe five or six. I don't know. So he did not do it when he was a cop. But uh, the rest of the folks here in New York, these cops, have proven to be time and time again maybe the bravest of any in this country. Sure. Any uh, mayor in any city would say that that is protocol, what he he just laid out. That's not going out on a limb. That's the actual policy is you you run to the gun. Yeah. You go to the shooter, and that's – that's what didn't happen down in Texas. So It did not happen. No, the second thing is, and you brought this up too, and I'm going to say it again, uh, I'm a very liberal guy. Very. I'm pro-choice. I don't make any, I don't mince words about it. I'm pro-choice. Now, maybe the third trimester, not maybe third trimester, I've got an issue with that. At that point, I believe it is a live person, and that is murder. But I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-gay marriage. I'm pro-everything, basically. You could have it. I'm, I, I, none of it bothers me. None of it. But no. I'm going to say this. Two days in. I'm already sick and tired of Gay Pride Month. I'm sick of it. Every person I know. Now, unfortunately, I follow too many actresses and celebrities on Instagram. Every one of them felt the need to pander and virtue signal and put up Happy Gay Pride Day. I mean, stop. The whole damn Bravo channel, who, of course, is run by NBC, and no one's gayer than Andy Cohen. Uh, Every one of them. Happy Gay Pride. It's enough. It's two days in. And here's what, um, what really bothers me, too. June 26th is the Gay Pride March here in New York, Bernie, something you go to enthusiastically every year. Uh, yes, I have a pass for my wife to uh, <laughs> visit my friends in Chelsea for the weekend, and uh, we have a blast is what yeah, we do. I'm yes. sure you do. And, uh, I'm, I'm hurting by the time I get home, and I'm not talking from the alcohol, but uh, either way. I actually lived in Chelsea for many years. Lou, you remember those days when I first got to WFAN, me and Danielle had that little, little apartment on 21st and 8th, and you and I would go out quite a bit in those days. Yeah, we were in other places in the Chelsea area. <laughs> yeah, I really we saw your place. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got this big parade coming up on June 26th, and the uh, the gay pride people, this uh, Perez, I saw her, she's in charge, I guess, Sandra Perez on New York One, they have banned gay police officers and any police officer in uniform until 2025 because they don't believe that the cops do enough for their community. And Eric Adams came out, and he's exactly right, and he said that kind of spits in the face of exactly what these people want, right? If you're out there every day complaining that you're being barred from certain events, that you're being treated differently, well, how do you ban a group of people who, by the way, are one of you, one of you at one of your major events? How does that make any sense? So hats off to uh, Eric Adams. He stated the obvious, but at least he said it. By the way, this is the the year number two for this. They did this last year, and we hammered them. And And I told you last year, I'm suspending my weekend pass for my wife, and I didn't attend the parade. No, it is a it is a vicious, ugly, woke slap in the face to the NYPD, albeit the gay members of the NYPD, but it's it's just to a signal that they hate cops. Period. And so that that's so the gay pride parade. Screw you! I hope it rains and cats and dogs <laughs> on your stupid parade. I hope it's. Uh, 
I hope it's freezing out and you guys can't walk around with your assless chaps, well, half naked. It's June 26. I don't think it'll be freezing. Well, I, I hope that there's some sort of uh, anomaly in the weather and uh, that, 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 that that happens. By the way, did that, it ever rain cats and dogs? I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I mean, me, personally, if I'm it's walking a metaphor. It's a metaphor. But it's why? Metaphor. What, how does it make any sense? I, I, well, look it up. Google it. I don't know. What do I know? Cats <laughs> falling from the sky. Look I hate cats. I hate cats. All right. Well, that's why I hope it rains cats and dogs on these <laughs> creep uh, yeah. gay pride people because yeah. I would imagine most gays uh, want the police. There was an incident on the subway yesterday. I mentioned it last hour. Yeah. A gay couple blasting a uh, blasting their music, and a dude rolls up and he he, he uttered gay slurs and he you know waved the white the knife around. Excuse me. Yeah. And I I bet they wanted a, a new NYPD officer well, at that point. Of course. Just yeah. like of just like African American exactly. people, they love the cops and love Curtis Sliwa, by the way. All these folks realize the importance of law and order. You've got a very very small percentage on people that unfortunately hijack the news, hijack the media, and they do some things that are downright awful, but they're not the majority. Of course, gay people appreciate the police. We've got a bunch of gay friends we're very, very close with. They say it every day, but um, if you're out there today and you're heterosexual and you feel the need to put up the gay pride flag or something on your social media, I'm telling you right now, you're not fooling anybody. You come off like a dickhead. Yeah. You certainly do, and uh, I mentioned it last hour again. The administration, uh, the the uh, idiocracy down in Washington D.C., the imbecile in chief. They're putting out all kinds of, uh, you, you know, gay pride memes uh, for the various branches of the military. It is embarrassing. The Marine Corps with a helmet, right, with the rainbow colors and bullets on. I mean, the Marines are. I mean, listen, we we want to recruit Marines. We don't want to chase uh, these guys away, all right? And that's what you're doing. <laughs> right. It really is. It's, it's disgusting. It's, it's gross. Stop it. Stop. Just and, leave the Marines out of it. Agreed. And uh, finally, uh, because it's just another day, it's another opportunity for uh, that wench, Whoopi Goldberg, to lie on national television. So it was just, it was a Monday, uh, probably, or maybe a Tuesday, whatever it is, good day to lie. So here, Whoopi, who has been really, really uh, out of control lately, remember, she got... She got in all kinds of trouble for remarks about the Jews a couple of months ago. Then she supposedly went to shoot a, a Netflix series or something somewhere. But there was a healthy group of people that thought maybe she got suspended from The View. Well, she's come back, and she is now, I think, wilder than ever. Well, yesterday she found a way to lie about abortion in making an argument about guns and gun control. This is courtesy of Channel 7, ABC, The View, specifically oh, that was Whoopi nice, Goldberg. Nice of them to give us this clip. Yeah. <laughs> Very sweet. Here's Whoopi. I don't want all your guns the way you don't want to take away all my rights to abortion. I don't want all your guns. I want that AR-15. I want it. See, uh, take away all my rights to abortion. So, again, at the risk of repetition, and I know it gets boring after a while, but when she makes a comment like that, we have to remark no one's banning abortion. No one's taking away your rights to abortion. Nobody. Right or wrong? Of course it's right. That's not. They're sending it back to the states to, 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 to decide under our federalist system. And we, we beat Bernie yesterday. There was a question about the federalist papers. This is yep. our system. This is, what the, 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 this is what the founding fathers envisioned. The state legislatures will come up with laws, and, and then we will follow suit. Whatever the state legislature says dictates they're elected by the people those are the laws we will follow not uh, emanating from the supreme court 
with the nine judges making laws. That's not the way it was uh, it's supposed to be. That's right. And that's why the, it was always bad law. There's nothing in the Constitution about abortion. And that's why it w- may very well be overturned here uh, at the end of this month. But, yes, yeah, she's a liar. And, of course, as you and I know and everybody knows, in the tri-state area, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and throw in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, you can get an abortion until uh, th- th- until your due date. Right. It's not going to change. Nope, it's so not. Stop, stop unnecessarily scaring people and lying about what, what, the, what the reality is. Yep. Hey, if, I, if I'm a cop today, Lou Spagnola may be listening in New Jersey, I don't know. Uh, I, I throw on uh, some outfit and I show up at that gay pride parade. I want to see these people physically remove our bravest from uh, from that parade. It's just it's so disgusting that they're doing that. Yeah. And like you said, I know it is the second consecutive year. Uh, it's a five year deal where they're banning the cops. Uh, these cops got to show up in big numbers. Bo Deedle, I know you're listening. Go out there, buy a dress. No big deal. You're an actor anyway. Uh, get your hair done. And just start showing no, up at this damn parade. Get some assless chaps. That's what I'm saying. Let's do it up. That's exactly what I'm saying. Go, go out there and F these people. Shake your booty for the cause. That's right. See what I'm saying? I hear you humming, yo. All right. Don't don't take this laying down, folks. It's enough. Uh-huh. Listen, uh, we're, bend the, we're bending over backwards to try to help you out. What? With good advice. I don't know if you want to go. I mean, and, uh, <laughs> bending and so over listen, backwards. I mean, show up, show up, and, and, and screw these people. And, and, yeah, let them try to, to evict you from the parade. And let's have a real a Stonewall Inn-like uh, confrontation, if you will. There we go. That's what we're asking for, folks. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. 80 minutes in. Already you've received more information than you will on any other radio or TV show in 10 hours. That's what we do. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840, Hall of Famer, and now Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award winner Leslie Visser coming up at 905. Plus, Lydia Reports and Beat Bernie, an exciting Thursday right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, Pelosi versus the Catholic Church. The most powerful cleric in Northern California is a marked man these days. Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone is not backing down from denying Speaker Pelosi the Catholic sacrament of Holy Communion. And not only that, the Archbishop has publicly said that Mrs. Pelosi is in danger of, quote, losing her soul, unquote. Of course, some in the secular city by the Bay see the Catholic Church as evil, not Nancy Pelosi. In many quarters, the Church is mocked and scorned by people who worship at the altar of reproductive rights. To them, killing the unborn is a public service. A woman named Susan wrote a letter to the San Francisco Chronicle stating this, quote, An abortion is not just about controlling our own bodies. It's also about protecting the physical, emotional, and the intellectual life of the mother. 
the one too young to raise a child, the one who cannot afford a bigger family, unquote. No mention of adoption by Susan. If you don't want to get rid of it, and don't let a pregnancy interfere with intellectual life. That seems harsh. Babies are precious. In Catholic theology, they are cherished by God. But the United States Constitution forbids the imposition of religious beliefs, and abortion is legal in the country. However, Nancy Pelosi opposes all restrictions on abortion and has been deemed a sinner by the Archbishop. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rest in peace, Ray Liotta. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Love that song, man. God. We're also simulcast on an Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, they have the, uh, they have the, the, the Royal Jubilee, the Queen's uh, Platinum Jubilee, 70 years as Queen. I believe that's the celebration, or is it a birthday? No, it's Who seventy cares? years. Seventy years in power. That's that. That is it. You're right. Seventy years, right? She's yeah. seventy. She was she's coronated. The, right. She's the longest reigning monarch in Britain's history. Listen, with you know, I, I don't mean to disrespect her. She's probably a very noble lady. I mean, she was there. She was a mechanic, believe it or not, during World War II. So when the chips were down, you know, she got her fingers dirty, literally, and. Uh, She's quite the woman, but uh, the whole the whole scene, the whole idea of a royal family is so anachronistic, so insulting that your blood is better than my blood or something like that. What? I mean, get out of here. It's such, such an outdated concept, and it's such a, you know, all this money being wasted. You know, it's funny you say, uh, you, you know, you, while, while, you say outdated concept, yet, yet, the Democrats in this country feel exactly that way. They feel, all kidding aside, as if they are better than you and I. Uh, every single one of them, the way they talk about every major issue, every major topic, and it's evidenced by, if you disagree, you're a racist, you're this, you're that. Oh, so yeah. in that same spirit as the royal family, Democrats feel the same exact way. Interesting. Very, very, they, they definitely think they're morally superior to us. Yes. And that's where it used to be, oh, we agree to disagree, but no. They think we're evil and that they're virtuous, and that's the difference these days. Plus, they're out of their minds. They're loons. They've they've gone off the deep end. That's why you have guys like, uh, you know, Chappelle, Rogan, Bill Maher, people like that, who are uh, Elon Musk, who are, are the same uh, de- the same liberals actually, the same demo- sane Democrats who are going to save this, uh, you know, save this bitch right here. Pardon my language. Hey, listen, it was two years. It was actually two years ago this week. Listen to the sound of the cut twenty eight. Play cut 28, Lou, please.
Now that was, uh, of course, two years ago is 2020, the summer of hate. But that particular incident was the uh, outside the White House when the insurrectionists down there, the Black Lives Matter crew, they tried to storm the White House. That's what they were doing, what you were listening to right there. That was the real insurrection, ladies and gentlemen, two years ago when uh, following that, that particular day right there, uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, walked across the street with the Bible with uh, that, th- these two cowards, uh, Defense Secretary Mark Esper and General Milley. He held the Bible up, a show of, uh, you know, normalcy. We got this. Don't worry. And these two creeps, Esper and Milley, uh, threw Trump under the bus after they came under enormous pressure. Oh, yeah, why, 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 we didn't know he was going to hold up the Bible. We didn't realize. Why, why, why. Shut the F up. They should have got, got, gotten the boot right after they made their little uh, virtue signaling cowardly speeches. But what was, uh, their, anyway, that what, was, two what was their issue? I mean, if I remember correctly, and, and you have a much better memory when it comes to this stuff than I do, didn't he, like, hold the Bible upside down or something? That's for starters. Well, but that wasn't their issue. That was, that was, was a their complete issue? fake news distraction distraction but uh, their issue was something about uh, he, he he misused the military ah. to go out there and, and push the crowd aside gotcha to go to the church and meanwhile it was the best thing he could have possibly done sure. to show uh, the country we're in charge don't worry country relax we are in charge not these animals in the streets and these two mutts a million esper and this punk is out there trying to sell a book this uh, defense secretary mark esper and he's getting on shows uh, like Brett Bear and, uh, you know, Good Morning America and all these. And he's making money on this book, and it's disgusting is what it is. But never forget, that was the real insurrection, folks. They were trying to tear down the uh, fence outside the White House. They actually brought, brought President Trump down to the basement of the White House. That was the real insurrection. Yesterday, Joe Biden, he was, uh, well, he held he went to the Abbott, not the Abbott Laboratory. It was a formula laboratory. But either way, remember Biden and not being able to remember speaking of uh, uh, these 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 military guys. In this case, it was Lloyd Austin, the secretary, the DefSec, who fu- succeeded uh, Esper. Uh, Lloyd Austin uh, with Joe Biden. He can't. Joe, Joe Biden could not remember his name and other people's names. Cut twenty four, Lou, please. I want to thank the sec- the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my. My, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. You may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, uh, the, the governor, okay? And I took him on. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Our national security advisor has been in contact with his counterparts throughout the world and our allies, as has the general, or excuse me, I keep calling him a general. Romney, Austin, he just couldn't remember any of their names. So yesterday he has the HHS secretary. This guy finally came out of hiding, this uh, Xavier Becerra, who Joe Biden famously called Xavier Bacchiera one time in the past. But yesterday he couldn't even summon up that particular botched name, cut 19 from yesterday, Joe Biden. Go ahead, Lil. Now uh, you, I'm going to hand it over to uh, Secretary Be- Mr. Secretary, I'm going to have you speak now, and your remarks, and then we're going to hand it over uh, to uh, to Samara. This is yesterday, folks. 25th Amendment, anybody? This is bad. Right, Lou? It's hilarious. It is funny. That's that's why I dwell on it, because it's it's A, amusing, but B, it's deadly serious. And that's why why Joe Biden now is writing op-eds. 
He wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal this week. He wrote an op-ed for the New York Times. So, so he can say, just read what I wrote. That's what they're telling him. Just say that, read what I wrote, so he doesn't have to try to remember what he wrote or what, what his policies are because he's so damn out of it. He's just a, 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 he's a damn vegetable. He's useless. He's, he's shot. And uh, you've got to take him out. Got to, uh, somebody's got to impose the 25th Amendment. I believe uh, after the midterms here, you might see uh, activity along those lines because they're done with him. He's, he's toast. His poll numbers are just the worst ever. I mean, he's, he's polling worse than, um, uh, I don't know, who, 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 he's, he's polling worse than Josh Donaldson, for God's sakes. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, so bad with uh, Joe Biden. And that's a, 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 an indication right there. We'll talk to Bill O'Reilly more. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I seem to recognize your face. Haunting, familiar, yeah. I can't seem to place it. Cannot find the candle of thought to light your name. Light the great Eddie Vedder. Pearl Jam, 743, Thursday morning, New York City. Bernie and Sid, Bill O'Reilly, Hall of Famer Leslie Visser, still to come your way. On Twitter, I ran this poll yesterday at Sid Rosenberg, and I brought it up on the show, and uh, Bernie gave his, um, well, he gave two different answers, and I agreed with both, of which was the bigger overreaction when you look back in retrospect. Was it COVID? You know, shutting down the economy, these ridiculous mask mandates, and what we did to our kids, or George Floyd, where we set our country on fire, riots and, and anarchy, and, um, and all the stuff that ensued, the BLM, the rise of that grotesque group. And uh, as it turns out, the winner of my poll on Twitter turned out to be George Floyd. According to the people that voted, hundreds, George Floyd was the larger overreaction than COVID, although I think you made a really good argument yesterday, Bernard. I kind of left it out. I said neither. I should have had D, both, because your argument for both is hard to argue. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, who was more evil, Hitler or Stalin? I mean, right, uh, right. one of those things are, you yes. know, who's uglier, Joy Behar or Whoopi Goldberg? Yes, there it's, you go. It's really a difficult uh, <laughs> oh, proposition. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But but either way, the again you stated it overreaction and partial, partially uh, not even an overreaction, an intentional uh, reaction, which was to exploit a crisis, uh, which is you, you've heard the mantra before: never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah, that's it. Famously, Rahm Emanuel, and yeah. everybody takes yeah. advantage of it. Yeah, and that's what they're doing to try to change this country. And we're seeing the same thing now with the reaction to the shooting in uh, Texas last week. We'll get to that, but I brought up Twitter because I tweet every now and then. I try to tweet every day, as I said, as I promised since Elon Musk kind of took over. But a guy that is an incessant tweeter is a guy you and I both enjoy. And that is uh, Greg Kelly. Kelly on one to three. Oh, yeah. Every afternoon here, Newsmax, seven o'clock every weekday evening. This guy doesn't stop, but, I, but he shocked me with one tweet last night, Bernard. I mean, I was floored. Do you have any idea where I'm going? Uh, no, and I, I believe me, I follow him and I know I saw the tweet, but I just don't recall uh, any in particular okay. from yesterday. All right, well, we know two nights ago, Curtis Sliwa 
basically stole my material when he went on Jesse Waters and, and he talked about how big muscular guys are too busy watching Charles Bronson and Death Wish rather than take matters into their own hands. And by the way, he admitted on this show with you and I yesterday that's exactly what he did. So He, he, he was insulting you. So yes, he was. I know. And let's let yeah. whitewash it. That's what he was he doing. Was. No, he was. He was calling me uh, cowardly, and plus he stole my, my, my line about he did. Charles Bronson. Right. So uh, Greg Kelly tweeting at 941 last night. Mind you, this is during the Ranger game. Who's on at uh, 9 o'clock on Newsmax? They, like, replay Sean Spicer or something. It's after Grand Stinchfield. You know, I really don't know. I don't know either. It might, might be Rob Schmidt. Oh, maybe. You're right. Rob Schmidt. Who, is that? Who has an interview, by the way, with uh, uh, the president of Ukraine, this guy. What's it? Vol- Z- Zelensky. Zelensky. Yeah. Yeah, 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 enough yeah. of him, too, my God. Sick uh, of this guy. Yeah. So Schmidt is on 9 o'clock. Hannity is on 9 o'clock. But that's the competition for Kelly. The Rangers are on. you got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, Greg Kelly actually tweeted a picture of the seven real housewives of Orange County and wrote on Twitter, Greg Kelly, I'm actually enjoying myself watching the real housewives. Uh, Listen, (laughs) I I never heard of another host anywhere, and there's reason for it, by the way, because it's embarrassing, of another host anywhere, host now, including you, because you got into it too, talking about the real housewives. Would you ever bet in a million years Greg Kelly would tweet, I'm enjoying the Real Housewives of Orange County ever. Not in a million years, right. no. It's Not there. The, it's, 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 it's a Navy fighter pilot, uh, tough guy, conservative, host of a Newsmax TV show, watching the Real Housewives. Well, God bless. <laughs> you know, it's, everybody looks for a respite from the madness to get away from the uh, everyday this political, you know, all this ugliness in politics. Yeah. Go, to, go to some ugliness between... Uh, you know, these, these old abroads who are, who are pulling each other's hair on TV. I mean, well, why not check that out? Well, when they're doing that, I mean, of course, we know that uh, Real Housewives of New York, for example, that's over because Ebony Williams, our old colleague and teammate here at WABC, turned that show into one BLM meeting every night. That show's been canceled because of her politics. And we've seen other political stances along the way. Even I just mentioned a couple of days ago the uh, Kelly Dodd who's married to your buddy, Rick Leventhal, from uh, Fox News. Uh, the the, the, the uh, consensus is she was fired by Bravo, which is owned by NBC, by the way, because she was a conservative. All these ladies, 90-plus percent of them, are diehard liberals. I mean, they're the first to raise a flag anywhere in New Jersey for gay pride. They're the first to bash Donald Trump. Don't kid yourself, over 90% of these ladies uh, get involved in politics and are on the wrong side, and I don't think Greg Kelly knows that. Uh, I guess not. I guess he doesn't. Uh, but uh, well, you know, to, to each his own. Whatever, whatever he wants to do. I may, maybe he'll find that out, and he'll get religion and uh, ignore these shows. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, he'll, no, no. He'll he'll come back with a tweet tonight, and he'll kill him. <laughs> That's great. <Kelly>. Hopefully. <laughs> but his his Twitter feed is very entertaining. Yes, You're it right. is. He, he's, he's all over the place. He is. He's even talking now. He hates sports. Every time he has a sports conversation with Mike DeDino, it's like he hates sports. And he yeah. got involved in the Josh Donaldson controversy a couple of weeks ago. He did. And as it turns out now, yesterday, Bernard, Josh Donaldson came out, the Yankees, and admitted that when his teammates, specifically Aaron Judge, did not back him. In fact, Judge really criticized him, a backhand criticism at, at, at least, uh, at the very least, I should say. He said he was, quote, hurt that Aaron Judge did that. And he's right. Aaron Judge did do that, and the fact is, he should have been hurt. He should have been. And just very briefly, the backstory: Josh Donaldson called the uh, opposing players on the White Sox. 
He called him Jackie because this guy called himself uh, Jackie Robinson a couple of years ago. So to break his balls, he went out and he said, hey, Jackie, what's up? And, and again, uh, that was it. That was the extent of the, the controversy. And you had everybody, uh, the guy got pissed off. Although a couple of years ago, he, he was fine with it, but he got pissed off. And he's like, he so started making a scene on the field. And then after the game, it was racist. It was disrespectful. And that's all that Josh Donaldson did. And again, what was disrespectful was the, the guy initially yep. comparing himself to Jackie Robinson. Agreed. I mean, I mean just to briefly give the uh, whoever is not familiar with this a, a tutorial, that was the, the extent of it right there. It was. So now I'm considering putting up a new poll at Sid Rosenberg and at Bernie and Sid. That's the show account, too, on Twitter today. What do you think of this one? Now, I know the answer is going to be O.J. Simpson because in my lifetime, and if God's good to me, I'll be 56 in April, nothing came close to this. But how about this poll off of the Depp and Heard decision Wait, which what is, are you what are you sydney gallup sydney, yes sydney zogby i like that sydney zogby what are you doing <laughs> what is Pe- with the polls people like polls they love to do that stuff and it gets our name out there. that's true so that's here's true. here are the four choices which one of these on tv court dramas kept your interest more than any other and i know again the answer is going to be oj but maybe i should just exclude oj because it's that's going to be the winner but if i include oj i'm going to go with oj simpson Scott Peterson, that got a lot of eyes when he, you know, I guess allegedly killed his wife and his unborn baby out in California. Jason Williams, one of the best ever Bernard McGurk impressions when the former St. John star, Net 76ers star, shot his limo driver, Gus Christoffi. You remember that scene? That was a that was a big oh, one, yeah. too. I love Jason Williams. Uh, you know, I know him personally, and uh, that was a huge trial. It was just compelling. Whenever they're televised, uh, things like these, yeah, you you get a large audience. A lot of great trials are not televised, and we miss out on them. That's true. But these ones are, and, uh, yeah, that was good. You have to include that for sure. And and I would add Depp and Hurd. So you get O.J. Peterson, Jason Williams, Depp and Hurd. Again, everybody's going to pick O.J., I'm sure. But what would be your second choice? My second choice would be, uh, I guess I'd go with Jason Williams because that was pretty good. That was you had him taking the stand, crying and stuff like that. Yeah, he, uh, he did cry. I mean, it was real life. He shot the uh, he shot the uh, chauffeur. Uh, so I have to go with Jason Williams, even though it runs uh, away a mile behind the OJ trial. You're right about that. Everybody's going to pick OJ. Everybody is. Am I missing any uh, major ones? Uh, you know, I remember. I'll never forget this. Yeah, I, C- Casey Anthony. Oh my God, that's a huge one. Yeah, sure. And that's where Nancy Grace, who you mentioned earlier, became friendly now. That's where she really became a household name and household face. Don't forget, her boyfriend was murdered, her fiancé, Nancy Grace. But that's where it all started, when she was doing headline news. And she was on that story, uh, of course, every night. That's another good one. You're right, Kate. And I I never missed a night of that uh, coverage. Never. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's a good one. And, uh, yeah, Psycho Nancy Grace did uh, make a name for herself off of that and... uh, well, here she is today, uh, thriving and surviving because of it. They also had the Trayvon Martin case on television, the whole George Zimmerman, Sanford, Florida. That yeah. was a pretty big one. Oh, uh, yeah, but I don't know how, how compelling it was. No, you're right. You're right. You're it, right. Was, it, it was there. It was good for, I guess, for, for, for a little while, short while. Yeah. You know, I used to really enjoy when I worked at WFN, and I know you did the same thing, Bernie, and so did Joe Tacopina. That's when Court TV was starting to get really, really popular. And uh, their 5 o'clock in the afternoon show was hosted by Catherine Cryer. I know you remember her. Of course. She eventually went on to, to, to become a Fox News host at 10 o'clock, believe it or not. Is and, that uh, right? 
That lasted for about two minutes. But, uh, yeah, Catherine Cryer did, yeah. She became a Fox News host, yeah. I never even knew that. And I was on her show quite a bit. Anytime there was a – back then you had Alan Iverson getting arrested with guns, Jason Williams shooting a limo driver. You had drug stories in baseball and football. So anytime there was a story involving sports, Catherine would invite me in. But there was one other show back then, early 2000s, on Court TV that would also invite me in. And the two hosts were, if you're ready for this, Vinny Napolitan, who I believe is back at Court TV now, and his on-air partner, one Kimberly Gilfoyle Newsom. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Uh, uh, yeah, she made her name for uh, in a San Francisco case, some murder, and because uh, she was young and attractive and all this. And, uh, yeah, she graduated, I guess, to Court TV. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was there with Vinny. And, and again, at the time, she was still married to the current governor of California, Gavin Newsom. But what a switch. You think about, well, the politically at least, Gavin Newsom today compared to her fiancé now, Donald Trump Jr. You talk about a monster switch. My God, Bernie. That's the spectrum right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, good for her. She's evolved, obviously. I mean, well, no, he's a good-looking guy. And uh, yeah, of is. all the Democrats, uh, you know, he's the least uh, – he's the least – I can't hate him. Let's put it that way. He's the least hateable is uh, it was where I'm going with it. I hate most of these Democrats, but he comes off as, uh, you know, amiable and likable, this type of thing. Uh, so uh, her marrying him is not so much of a stretch. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, Beto O'Rourke, people like that. Just hate hate with a passion. Yeah, you just want to do things you, you can't even say on the radio. Oh yeah, to Gretchen Whitmer, you got to hate her with a passion. Andrew Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, exactly. Hogel, All these people. Uh, but for Wolf. some reason, Newsom comes off as uh, likable. You no, know, because he's got the Hollywood good looks. Once again, showing how shallow you are. That's why. If he looked but, like if he looked like Lori Lightfoot, you'd hate his guts. <laughs> not not so much. He's got a he's got a good manner about him. No, as he well. does. He does. I actually uh, don't dislike him nearly as much. As Gil Garcetti's kid, Eric, who happens to be the mayor of Los Angeles, who for the last couple of years has gone head-to-head with Bill de Blasio as the worst mayor in the country. I don't, like, uh, I don't dislike Gavin Newsom nearly as much, so I agree with you on that, Bernard. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Been a great two hours, great two hours. Still to come, Bill O'Reilly, that's huge, and Hall of Famer and now Emmy Award winner, Leslie Visser, two monster guests still will come your way on this, the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm diving into deep. Meta work. Play some of this. Lou Rufino is a great job. Complications, especially at night. I worry over situations. You know, one of the things I um, talk about in my move, of course, and it sounds like I love where I live now, it's because I do. And I still enjoy Manhattan. I'm here every day, obviously, doing my job on 49th and 3rd. Very nice part of Manhattan. And, um, of course, I take the ferry. I'm down by Wall Street. I still go to the Upper West Side. So I'm still in Manhattan every day. But I don't miss living here, not even a little. Uh, again, the crime, the filth, the dirt, the, all that nonsense. But one thing I, I failed to mention is almost every morning on my three-block walk before Gene 
my driver. Now I've got Ricky, Freddie, over at Rocapulco, but I had Gene for, for many years. I used to take the subway before they closed them down for COVID. And my three-block walk from 104th and West End to like 102nd and Broadway to get to the train, I would have to walk over, I'm not kidding you, rats, rats, garbage bags. And this is a high-rent district. I mean, we, we paid a ton of money. Rats. And I have to tell you, the New York Post talks about it today, it is still a huge problem here in New York. Since I've moved to Queens, I haven't seen one. Not one. So add that to the list of things that New York City people live with every single day that people who don't live here don't have to deal with. Rats. Filthy vermin. Zero. Zero. Even the people that owe you money. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Even Sammy the Bull Gravano. Oh. All right, folks. We are halfway through what's been a great Thursday edition. Bill O'Reilly, Leslie Visser, Beat Bernie, and Lydia Reports still to come. There's more Men at Work. New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. What you want, maybe I got it. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Did he say, he actually said in the song, all I'm axing, he actually said that. Just like the guys in the Jersey Shore, all I'm axing is give me a little respect. I like it. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Not cleaning it up for, uh, you know, for the masses and entertainment. Uh, listen, did I mention we heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app? Heard in London, by the way, where they're having this, uh, this display, this uh, lavish display of, uh, you know, just, just might as well just put the money in a dumpster and just burn it is what they're doing here with this uh, 70th uh, uh, Platinum Jubilee for Queen Elizabeth, who, by the way, personally I have respect for, but the whole idea of uh, royalty is insulting. We talked about it earlier. It's anachronistic. It's, I mean, your blood is better than mine. Shut up. I mean, they're as dysfunctional a family as any any in uh, you know, any of the Kardashians or any of this stuff, you know, it's just it's just so stupid. But the argument, of course, is they bring in more money than uh, than they spend on these stupid things. But the idea that you have uh, these, these these gold-plated horse-drawn carriages rolling around the streets of London, where you have orphans with uh, bad teeth, they can't get their teeth fixed. I mean, <laughs> I mean, these people just they, they're tone deaf. And and, and and right out on the balcony right now in Buckingham Palace, you have Camilla Bowles. This, uh, oh, I mean her and uh, and what's his name Charles, well, what, Prince Charles. Charles. Yeah. Uh, they were going at it for a long time behind Diana's back. I mean, so uh, right. yeah. Again, back to the, the dysfunction part. Then he killed her and uh, and uh, Dodi Fayed. That's he, right. He had them both a... killed, and now he's got this wench, who, by the way, is one of the least attractive. I mean, you know, people get bad news about ugly. She is ugly. Camilla, Camilla Bowles is really ugly. I yeah, mean. This, this was. Uh, but then again, he ain't no uh, Tom Selleck or uh, you know, <laughs> or Brad Pitt or whatever. Maybe I'm aging myself with the Selleck reference, but uh, that's funny. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. 
So anyway, you have that going on out in London. Oh, that's and, uh, Kate Middleton is standing there, too, with one of Prince William's kids. It's getting big, actually, that kid. I hate, you see that stupid hat? I, the, oh, I hate the hats. So I do mean, I. give yeah. me a break. That's why I, I even get mad at the Kentucky Derby, where Americans do it. I know it's part of the tradition, the blah, 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 the Mint Jubilee. It looks stupid. It looks stupid. It really does. It's it's not it's not becoming, in my humble opinion. But then again, I'm just a, uh, you know, a shanty Irish uh, son of immigrants from the South Bronx. So what do I know? My knuckles are dragging against the floor. They hurt. They burn. They're bleeding. And that's me. That's my yeah, but, uh, but I But I agree with you on just about everything, so I must be a knuckle-dragging Jew from Brooklyn, I guess. So. I, I, <laughs> I guess so. Imagine if I, if I said that about you to you, uh, if I called you that. I would, it would be my last day on the air. No, you, I don't think so. I think you could get away with it with the Jews. I think if you said about a black person, a gay person, you'd be fired on the spot. But with the Jews, I don't know. It may take like uh, Dove hiking to somebody to get really crazy before you got into any trouble. Maybe, maybe. You may be right. <laughs> Plus, it's, again, it's the year 2022 where you can fight back. You right. can say, listen, it was a joke. Shut up. Right. Mind your damn business. I mean, things are changing. The winds of change are, are, are blowing, uh, Sid Rosenberg. And you can, th- well, I'm just being, I'm grateful for it. And I can't wait for uh, 2022. One of the manifestations of these blowing winds may have been this verdict in favor of Johnny Depp yesterday. Uh, the Me Too movement is over. It was a, it was a, an, or a movement designed to strip males of their due process. And uh, everybody, you know, believe all women was the mantra. And they did. And a lot of guys, uh, their lives were ruined because of it. Uh, and slowly it's been chipped away at. But yesterday was, I think, the final nail in the coffin. She made some unsubstantiated allegations in the Washington Post. By the way, I wish he had sued the Washington Post as well. But he didn't, uh, Johnny Depp. He sued her, and uh, he's going to get now. And, and the money is just symbolic. But but also it, it includes punitive damages, which are rare, rarely uh, de- meted out in these types of cases. It just shows you. The uh, the the extent to which the jury did not believe Amber Heard thought she was just a, a lying a b word essentially, but it got very very ugly. So he's going to get ten point three million dollars, not fifteen because of some uh, legal whatever minutia. I'm not going to try to describe it. She's going to get two million because of something his lawyer said. Whatever it got ugly, folks. Uh, a lot of people were in. Um, my wife included, and she agrees with the verdict. Carol, she said it was a great verdict. But uh, some of the, a couple of the ugly things you might have missed, and I'll keep this short because this is all you really missed, was, uh, let's see, uh, cut number five was, well, cut number four first, uh, uh, Johnny Depp hiding from Amber Heard all over the house as she chased him to beat him up. Cut number four, Lou. I think that I ended up locking myself in about at, le- at least nine bedrooms, bathrooms, that day, um, as she was banging on the doors and screaming obscenities and wanting to uh, have a physical altercation. Right. So, so he's just hiding. And, uh, and by the way, she produced no, as my wife points out very astutely. She, appoint, uh, uh, she came up with no evidence, no pictures, no nothing. He had pictures. 
Uh, she had no witnesses, no credible witnesses. Well, it was his suit, wasn't it? I mean, he, he's the one who sued her, so he was sort of prepared for this, obviously. Well, no, she countersued. She countersued. Yeah, okay. but he, he did initiate it, but she countersued, and she, right. she's the one who wrote the article in 2018. Right, right, right. That, that he claims ruined his career. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm not even going to play the uh, uglier, the fecal matter and the well, cavity searches. I'm not going to play that. Got but it. I will play this. Uh, this uh, Nancy Grace, who once, who puts the fear of God into men, uh, she uh, t- took Johnny Depp's side yesterday, believe it or not, and she once, by the way, put the fear of God into Sid Rosenberg on the <laughs> Imus show, and we've since become friends. We have, but the uh, Kobe Bryant trial, because I believe that she did not give Kobe Bryant a fair shake all the way back then in the great state of Colorado. He's long gone now, Kobe. That's where the issue started, but yes, yeah, since then we've become friends. We have. Now, this was her on the verdict, cut eight, Nancy Grace. If someone had body okay. cavity searched me for drugs or raped me with a wine bottle, oh my God. I'd be gone. I wouldn't stay around. But she did, which in my mind negates the claim. I find that very fantastical to believe. And for her to now say this was a David and Goliath story where she is cast as David and Depp as Goliath, that somehow she couldn't fight all of his power and sway that's not her undoing. Her undoing was her own lies in front of the jury. Now, of course, uh, she, she, I know she, she really is. She's uh, off the hook. She's nuts, man, but uh, maybe in a good way, though my, my wife, Carol, made the exact same point. Listen, my house, too. I mean, uh, literally, Danielle and Ava were celebrating to the point where Danielle texted me. I was in the gym, and I'm like, oh, great. Now all is right in the world. And when Ava came home and was yelling about it, I'm like, will you stop? I go, the world is on fire, inflation, bad war, supply chain issues, race. And they're like, oh, oh, what are you going to do 8 o'clock tonight, Dad? I go, I'm going to watch the Rangers. She said, oh, it's okay to watch the Rangers, but I can't talk about something else like Depp and Heard. And I made the point that it just, it, it, I found it to be gross because I hated both of them. I still do. Um, maybe Depp should have won. I don't care either way. Maybe it's good for men. I don't know. Um, but, you know, these other cases, I rooted against people like O.J. Simpson because he was a murderer or Scott Peterson. In this case, I found both of these people to be grotesque, both narcissists, jerk-offs, loud mouths, and, and everything wrong with this country. So somebody had to win. But, my God, how could you like either one of these folks? Just a couple of, uh, you know, drug-snorting Hollywood degenerates. Right. I mean, sex-crazed. Right. Um, Months. I mean, Johnny Depp becomes a sympathetic figure because he's running around his $10 million house. He can't find his coke, so he checked her ass. I mean, give me a break. And he once talked about uh, uh, murdering Donald Trump. Right. He's a complete and total lowlife is Johnny Depp. No, I have no respect for this creep either. Uh, but finally, the last thing on this is, uh, and I always love her take on anything, is Judge Janine Cut 7, please, Lil. This woman lied over and over again, and I feel free to say that on television. Mm. She lied. She was a liar. She was the abuser, and he was the victim. And they found for him $10 million compensatory, $5 million punitive, punitive, punitive damages. That's to punish you, Amber Heard, yeah. for, for taking on this guy's life and destroying his life so you could be part of the Me Too movement. Don't give me this stuff. You know, it's a setback for women. You do not represent women. You represent the worst of women who try to falsely blame men. Yeah. Yeah, Judge Janine. I mean, I love her. She puts the fear of God into men as well. But uh, right on point there. Let, let me just blow through a couple of these things. Speaking of women, uh, you know, Joe Biden uh, infamously, uh, lady. if you have a lady part, 
or if your skin is a certain color, you might get the job. Well, Janet Yellen had certain lady parts. She's the Treasury Secretary. She's an idiot. This Yoda-looking little weasel uh, told us that uh, inflation, it was tra- it's transitory. She said that on, on numerous occasions. Yesterday, cut 18, this is what she said. I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I yeah. mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand. Well, we pay you to understand these things, stupid, and you should have anticipated all of these, and you should have known Joe Biden spending all this money would, would contribute to inflation. We have the most incompetent cabinet in the history of the United States between her and uh, Sneaky Pete Buttigieg, uh, uh, Jennifer Granholm, Secretary of Energy. What? Why? What What? What? what, what uh, qualifications did she have? Uh, Mayorkas, Becerra, Becchiera, whatever the hell you want to call them, as, tr- as Biden infamously called them. Everybody was calling, uh, even, even Obama advisors like Larry Summers was saying, yeah, inflation is coming down the pike. Steve Ratner, same thing. Everybody was doing it. Also yesterday, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, you had this uh, this cheating, uh, a smug piece of garbage, Leah Thomas, this dude who's, who's swimming on a women's team against biological women. I'm not going to play any clips of that creep either, but I will play uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who's responded to uh, what Thomas said as follows. Cut nine, Caitlyn Jenner on Leah Thomas. You know, transitioning, I really feel like it comes with responsibility and integrity. And I think in the Good Morning America show that she did, I think there was a lack of that. It was all about her and her happiness, where, you know, when she was a male swimmer just a few years ago, she wasn't happy at all. Now she's all of a sudden happy. Well, I am into happiness. I am glad she is happy. But she did it at the expense of the other female athletes. You know, individual happiness here in Leah's case cannot take priority over the undeniable biological fact that she's trans and has a massive physical advantage over the other athletes. I mean, you see her on the blocks and see the girl standing next to her. If you look up to her, she's very tall. And the girl's thinking, I I, I can't beat that. You know, I'm going for second place. And it shouldn't be that way. And the NCAA has to protect women's sports. Absolutely right. The NCAA is at fault for oh, allowing sure. this to happen because they're woke cowards. You know, I saw this interview yesterday. Uh, he, she was on Fox News. Well, you and I were on the air. I even brought it up. You may remember. But it's weird because when I watch Caitlin on TV, she looks like a woman. I mean, homely, but looks like a woman. But the, the cut you played there just now is Bruce Jenner. I mean, I guess she's done nothing hey, with her voice. Sounds like Sammy Davis. You're the babe. <laughs> hey, I, 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 integrity is what it's all That's about, true. babe. But the voice is no higher. It still sounds like Bruce. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Well, don't yeah. if you're going to uh, transition, don't they usually find a way with estrogen or some I other th- stuff? I to... think. I think. Uh, listen, but in, in this case, it didn't work because uh, <laughs> or like... or he had an overabundance of. Uh, testosterone or something because it's still there right but that without the interview by the way was last night i know she was he was on uh or whatever was on fox and friends in the morning yes but that was from last night either way gotcha doesn't matter joe rogan also he's out there he's uh showing speaking of fox news showing fox news some love i mean you know they went after him big time the fake newsers all of them d wormer he was taking ivermectin how dare he well it worked for him 
And then, of course, uh, he nailed Sanjay Gupta to the wall, did Joe Rogan. Uh, cut 30, play this, cut 30, Joe Rogan and Sanjay Gupta from CNN. Do you think I want that that's to... a problem, that your news network not... lies? Well, I don't, I don't think. Dude. What did they say? They lied what and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. Does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied? Well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer? They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. Don't know. Nailed it to the wall. It was a beautiful thing. It went on for about three or four minutes. But uh, a couple of days ago, Rogan said this about Fox News 31. Who would have thought that if you look back on the early days, what we used to think of as conservative versus liberal. Liberal was pro-free speech. People were open-minded, nonviolent, you know, and people were open to other people's ideas. And the right was like suppressive. You know, the nanny state, you know, condemn certain language, condemn certain behaviors. That's not the case today. Yeah. Today, the left has gone so far left. Again, uh, uh, Rogan, Elon Musk, Dave Chappelle, uh, many, many others of this, uh, Bill Maher. They were all uh, saying, uh, Alan Dershowitz, they were all saying Democrats out there who are fighting the lunacy called wokeism. Uh, lastly, of course, Biden was out there. Yesterday, stumbling around trying to f solve the uh, the formula problem, of which uh, he was well aware, his administration was well aware. Another thing they screwed up. Thank you, uh, Sneaky Pete, and the rest of you creeps. Uh, anyway, but but in the process, he had the HHS secretary Xavier Bacchiera there, as he called him once. Couldn't remember his name. Cut nineteen, please. Biden not remembering the HHS secretary's name. Now, uh, you, I'm going to hand it over to uh, Secretary. Br Mr. Secretary, I'm going to have you speak now, and your remarks, and then we're going to hand it over uh, to uh, to Samira, to my behind me here. Can you believe that? You, can you believe that? He does it all the time, so I, I do believe it. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it, seems to, it is shocking. It's getting worse. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to him now, whoever whoever you are. You take it. I know. It's, it's just, it's just it's, it, you know, stunning, shocking, and the 25th Amendment. Uh, get Harris in there. Who cares? Put her in. She, she can't be any worse than this this idiot, this uh, this vegetable. Get him out. Uh, that's what we would do in any sane uh, government. You just take him out because he's clearly senile. The guy is bad. Anyway, we're going to talk to Big Bad Bill O'Reilly. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on some of this stuff. In, in, in the meantime, the number is, oh, no, we're going to speak to Lydia Serrano as well. She's coming up on the Bernie and Sitcho. Keep it where it is, folks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. People listen to people that listen to us. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC Traffic and Transit. Bell Parkway eastbound now. Springfield Boulevard, an accident with one lane out. Now, if you're on the Deegan, 
On the southbound side at 149th Street, there's a three-vehicle accident. The left and center lanes are going to be blocked. Also coming inbound on the Grand Central Parkway, you're backed up now from the Clearview in the Union Turnpike with a left lane accident in New Jersey. Again, as you start to head southbound on the Jersey Turnpike, we're getting on to it at Interchange 10. There is an outer roadway problem, an overturned tractor-trailer on that ramp structure. It is causing delays on 287, 440. Also, on the main line of the Turnpike, if you're westbound on Route 22 at the Garden State Parkway, a crash, and then a stall on the westbound side of 280 out by Exit 4. Van alternate side again today is in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. So Danielle and I are sitting around last night, like most nights, watching TV over at Newsmax. And folks, I couldn't believe what I just heard. Greta Van Susteren is back. She's joining Newsmax as host of their new show, The Record with Greta Van Susteren. Starting June the 14th, Greta reports on the big stories from Washington, giving you the facts you need to know. Greta is smart, asks the tough questions, and is always fair. Greta is journalism the way it ought to be. I made the switch to Newsmax, so did Bernie. Like millions of others, make the switch and watch Greta Van and Sustren. Get info about her new show. Just text the word Greta to 39747 or go to Greta'sBack.com. That's Greta'sBack.com. Make the switch today to Newsmax. It's America's fastest growing cable news channel. And get the latest on Greta's new show. Text Greta to 39747. Newsmax is real news for real people. I watch it all the time. So should you. Hey. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You've heard the latest news, traffic, and weather. But there's something else you should hear. Consider getting a COVID-19 booster as recommended by the CDC. Sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. Up all night? I couldn't sleep at all last night. Weekdays, listen to Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. And weekends, listen to Curtis Lewa on another side of midnight. With me, Curtis Sliwa. And stay up with me, Frank Morano. If you don't want to be alone at night from 1 to 5 a.m., seven days a week, 77 WABC will keep you company. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic Carter. Entertaining and informative. We have a rule in my household. If you have to come to the city of New York, I don't care if it costs triple the parking fee. We drive. Do not take the subway. Because I value my life, and I don't want to take a chance with my life. Dominic Carter. Weeknights at midnight. Just before the other side of midnight. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. You know, there are a lot of things you can blame the Uvalde, Texas school massacre on. Pure evil, mental illness, an AR-15, the missing of red flags, and of course the shooter himself. There are a lot of different reasons as to why people are saying this could have, this, this shouldn't have happened, why it did happen. Uh, however, The View co-host Tara Setmeyer, she's a self-proclaimed conservative. She's also a former GOP communications director. <clears throat> Excuse me. She was worked on CNN as a political commentator. Now she works for the Lincoln Project. This woman, Tara Setmeyer, she is uh, claiming that the reason for the shooting is a rise in Christian nationalism. Take a listen to what she said. 
It's part of the Christian nationalism, this yes. rise in violent Christian nationalism that we have seen, which yeah. is also disturbing, because they find it to be, they use biblical principles, yeah. they t pervert them to justify this, which is another problem, particularly in Texas. This is a growing movement. It's God, guns, and Trump, or but God, guns, always, and whatever. It's, it's always part of their this. ethos. It's I don't know what the hell she said. I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like I had this uh, conversation with somebody last night, and I said, while we're wasting all, not wasting, while we're taking all this time, I take that back, taking all this time talking about Evaldi, Texas, 40 more people were killed in Philadelphia, in Chicago, and that happens every week. I know we've had 23 mass shootings, but black people don't seem to care when they kill black people. And this person said to me, well, that is your perfect example of systematic racism. And I don't know what that means, and I don't know what you just played means either, some Christian movement. What are these people talking about? What are they talking about? Christian nationalism. I don't even know what Christian nationalism is. Uh, exactly. I know what Christianity is. This is obviously the antithesis of what Christ stood for. And the fact that they're trying to rope in Christianity and this kid, where does he never went? We don't know, have any evidence that he went to church. He actually looked like he was evil and maybe could have been a devil worshiper based on the pictures that I saw. He carried around a bag of dead cats. Yet somehow this woman wants to rope in Christianity. Like, when's it going to end? And then she throws Trump in there. The guy hasn't been in office for two years. And yet somehow now the Uvalde and you hear the other women, they're cackling and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what are you talking about? This massacre was because of this kid is pure evil, mentally ill, whatever you want to call the red flags were missed, all these other things. But to throw in now they want to demonize Christ Christians, Christianity. It's horrific. Well, and that's just how they've been wanting to do that forever. But uh but yeah, it's 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 stupid. It's uh, you know, it's just another throw it in there if if it's fixed, and they hope it does. It, it won't, but they hope it does. They'll throw it on the wall. That's what they do. I mean, you got to know. And I played a Whoopi Goldberg cut this morning, where she lied once again about abortion. Once he said, "Give me your AR-15s. Give me your guns." Yeah, and yeah, I know you know this, lady, and so does Bernie in the listening audience. But whenever you play something specifically from that show, whether it's Whoopi or Joy Behar, or Sonny Hostin, or this idiot you just played, you have to know that they're going to lie, they're going to distort, they are ugly people on the outside, on the inside, and for a guy that loved, and I've loved Barbara Walters my whole life, this is an embarrassing, I know it gets great ratings, I get it, an embarrassing piece of work. Absolutely. No, I, told you, I was an intern, I was an intern, my first internship was at The View, and this was back when Barbara Walters was there, and I know she's uh, suffering some kind of health uh, issues. And I can only imagine if, if she's in the right mental capacity, how she would be feeling about she's what's not. going on there. She's not right. Because no, the propaganda, no. they're spewing the nastiness, the lies. And the fact that you have an audience filled with women clapping along Christianity. My husband saw this and he says, is this real? And I had to find the audio because I said, this can't even be real that this woman would get there, get on a national stage on national TV and try to blame this horrific massacre on Christianity. And I don't even know what is Christian nationalism even mean? <laughs> Nobody knows. But look, th these hags, these magpies, they make uh, the women on the real housewives look like Donna Reed. <laughs> <laughs> now that I like, that's funny. <laughs> These that's are true. bad, as you point out, bad, evil, uh, you know, just... They are. They're, they're, they're unhappy people is what they are. Unhappy with themselves, and they project that uh, unhappiness to you. 
But don't forget, way before Barbara Walters, and I guess she, she you know, dementia has these other issues. But but she she hired these people and started the show a long time ago. They were still spewing that nonsense. So I'm not going to let Barbara Walters off the hook. Uh, she looked at it as an opportunity for women to talk to women across the country and get big ratings. And that's been the case since day one. So Barbara Walters does not get off the hook because she's not healthy these days. She saw it as a ratings grabber. And that's the game. That's TV. And it has been from day one. And quite frankly... Still is. But as I recall, she she tried to rein uh, Rosie O'Donnell in uh, on on several occasions. I mean, she tried to uh, exert some editorial control over the content at times. Now, right now, she's not just just doesn't have health problems. She's completely out of the picture. Right. I mean, she has no she's she's no input from Barbara Walters whatsoever. So she's just uh, she's irrelevant to this conversation and the view. I know she started the thing. But uh, you know, George Washington started the United States. We don't, we don't drag him into uh, you know. Uh, what about the supply chain, George? What, what did you, what did you do wrong? That's funny. That's funny. Why did yeah. I, I just don't understand like why they always have to try to make everything into a race thing? I mean, thank thank God this shooter was Hispanic and all the victims were Hispanic because then it would bolster their white supremacy narrative. I mean, that's the craziest thing. And then now they want to try to demonize Christianity, but. Just a switching gears, because uh, I know I got to end this segment soon. Before you played Judge Jeanine Pirro, so I actually got to hang out with her the other night at that event that was honoring John Katzmatidis, Long Island University. They honored him, and he had this like amazing speech and everything like that. And he wants to create kind of like a Pulitzer Prize for Truth there at Long Island University. So it's a great idea. And she is, I, I have a crush on her now. I know Chad Lopez, the president of the BBC, has a crush on her, but now I have a crush on Judge Janine. I really well, do. How, I know. Are you going to act on it? Are you going to like? Uh... I don't know. I just kind of have a crush on her, and she's so cute and so little, and she's like walking around. And I said, "How do you deal with all?" And all these young guys were like coming up to her and kicking it to her, and this and that. And she was like, "Oh, nobody pays attention to me, Lydia. Nobody looks at me." And every we couldn't walk like every two steps without somebody coming up to her and like asking to take a picture and everything like that. But I said to her, and I said, "You know, female, girl, younger journalists like myself, we look up." to people like you because you tell it like it is you know you were you're never afraid to just tell the truth and i heard her before about amber turd talking about you know you know using the me too movement to you know and that and you know there are instances of me too there are instances where women are taking advantage of of and for amber turd to take advantage of that and twist it and use it to try to get back at him she's a piece of crap obviously i know he is too but that I, I that's why I wanted to bring up Judge Jeanine because I love I no, love how listen, she just I, like tells it like it is. I'm on record saying this. When I used to do Sid Sports Sunday, I was on at uh, twelve o'clock every Sunday, one hour after Judge Janine, and I would come in early at like ten thirty just to hang out and talk with Janine. You know this Bernie for like a half hour every Sunday morning. Sure. And uh she was uh she was great. I came in early on Sundays just to hang out with her, so we know exactly what uh, what you're talking about. Thank you for that great report, Lydia. Thank yes. you so much. Yes, so I'm feeling better, thank God. I I got I had the COVID. I had COVID. I I don't know. I haven't tested myself, but um. So yes, yeah, so I'm I'm back. Either way. I'm back. To, I'm back. To it's better. good. It's I'm, good to have you back and healthy. And yeah, uh, you're gonna so be cats on at night, tonight, five yes. o'clock. Yeah, I've been still working. Cats at night, five o'clock. I'm doing it from home, and uh, it's a great show. You don't want to miss it. You never know who we'll have on. We we stand for truth, justice, and the American way. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, even in London where they're uh, celebrating the big platinum jubilee of the Queen, and we're lucky enough that Bill O'Reilly has torn himself away from the royal coverage to appear on the Bernie and Sid Show for about 10, 15 minutes, and uh, we're going to welcome By the way, Killing the Killers, the book is out. I read it. My God, folks, you're going to love it. Killing the Killers, yep. another bestseller. On the part of Big Bad Bill O'Reilly, uh, let's bring him in right now. Good morning, Bill O'Reilly. You know, I am uh, in awe of the British monarchy. <laughs> I would have been a Tory mm-hmm. had the revolution uh, uh, been in my lifetime. No that's doubt. Of course, that's, of course, <laughs> bunk. I'm glad we dumped that tea in the harbor and got those guys out of here. Uh, Get them out. Get them out. much better off. We don't need any king and queen. We have J-Lo. <laughs> the real royalty yeah, here in the United right. States. Uh, and Big Bad Bill O'Reilly, speaking of, uh, you know, leaders or, or quote-unquote, I put those in quotes, leaders, just another absolutely horrible week for the Biden administration. I mean, everything is going wrong. He's got the most incompetent cabinet in the history of the United States. But yesterday he visited this formula factory, and he was stumbling around all over the place, couldn't remember cabinet members' names. Uh, give us your uh, your take on the how how can this last, Bill O'Reilly? Well, uh, before uh, the factory visit, they gave him baby formula just to pump <laughs> him up. You know, that's um, funny. Look, everyone who can think, who's capable of that, and there are millions who are not in America, knows uh, Mr. Biden's a disaster. Uh, at this point, he's the second worst president in our history. James Buchanan, the guy who basically caused the Civil War, is the first. Herbert Hoover was the second worst, and now Herbert has ticked up to three, and Biden is two. Now, to be fair, I guess he could make a comeback. He might go to Lourdes, and, and something might happen, and he, <laughs> he would uh, get some clarity. But right now, he's not able to assimilate information. He, he just can't absorb what is happening. The soundbite that caught my attention I'm going to use on the No Spin News tonight on BillOReilly.com is one where he said, you know, uh, look, I know we got high gas and food prices, but I, you know, I can't really do anything about it. <laughs> you caused it! Exactly. You know, I mean, remember, we got to bring back Sam Kinison again. Oh, miss him. The God, comedian, him. Sam. Remember, everybody? Oh, of course. Ah, ah. <laughs> Every good. time I hear Biden say this, that's what I do. He caused it. Yep. So, and then, and these these people who defend, oh, no, it's Putin's fault. Look, but, uh, under Trump, gas prices were what? 
70% less than they are now, something like that. Inflation was 1.4%, not 11 And it was the same circumstance. Now, the only thing different is Ukraine, but that came way later. So uh, gas prices were just rocketing in America before Vlad did this. So it's just a, it's about incompetence. We have discussed it many, many, many times. Um, most of the uh, country understands it, and the Democrats are going to get absolutely obliterated in November. Just on a side note, my beautiful wife and your friend, Bill O'Reilly, Danielle, she's run uh, 36 marathons, and she's run them all over the world. In fact, she just has to complete Tokyo next year in March to get the very coveted Abbott Award, which only 1% of marathon runners get. But she says, by far, the most difficult marathon she's ever run, including Chicago, Boston, New York, London, Paris, Big Sur. And you know that place pretty well, don't you? Yeah, I was there. And yeah. number one, Danielle is running the marathons to get away from you, Sid. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's come on. Let's put all the cards yep. up so we see them. It's not only the race, but it's the training. They said I'll see you in about three hours. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And you can't catch her. No, I can't. You can't. <laughs> we used to. I used to love going to that marathon, but we'd stay in uh, Monterey, and yep. uh, we go. I was out in Big Sur, and yeah. And I had a fascinating trip because I always compare California to New York City because we're rivals. You know, we are the biggest city. Los Angeles is second. And the uh, California is the biggest state. And we have the same problems. Yep. The same problems exist in California uh, as uh, we are dealing with here in New York. So I hadn't been out to California since covid and uh, we landed in San Francisco. We saw the Mets wax the Giants. Wow. Uh, yeah. And the first time I had been to uh, that stadium, Oracle Stadium now. Um, and I got to tell you, the, the San Francisco Giants couldn't have been nicer to my son and myself. Okay. That was the very nice. came down. Uh, it was fabulous. No, they, but, but, they, while, but while you were there, of course, the whole controversy exploded with their manager, the Giants manager, Gabe Kapler, yeah, who refused well, to stand for the national anthem. I don't have any problem with Kapler uh, staying in the clubhouse um, if he wants to do that. And, you know, the way the Giants are playing, he might consider that the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Come on, Bill. The real controversy when I was out there was Cord Leone, the archbishop, telling Nancy Pelosi, you can't come to communion. Um, and I wrote a column on, on BillOReilly.com saying, well, what did you expect Cord Leone to do? I mean, that's his job. Nancy Pelosi doesn't just accept abortion. She promotes abortion in the most extreme way. All abortions should be legal at any time for any reason, up until birth. In secular Europe, in hedonistic Europe, they don't have that. All right, it's they have cutoffs, 15, 17 weeks in Europe, in Sweden, where they don't believe in anything other than Kroner or whatever they're doing over there. <laughs> um, and then Pelosi comes out. Well, if you're the archbishop and he said, look, I tried to talk to her about this and she wouldn't talk to me. Well, what are you supposed to do? I mean, the Catholic Church has lost all its moral authority in this country, and that's a shame, but it's true. And then the guy makes a stand, and you should have seen the San Francisco Chronicle and the L.A. Times got hysterical. They were hysterical about this. Yeah. Like the Catholic Church doesn't have any, uh, doesn't have any right 
to enforce its theology. What? And that's no. and that's what I was there. But then on a brighter note, I went down to Monterey. Uh, Clint Eastwood was 92 yesterday. He's a pal of ours. I didn't get to see him, um, but I, I dropped off a book for him. He's in Carmel, right there, right by He's Monterey. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, beautiful area. And then I went to Big Sur, and I put my little uh, tie-dyed shirt on. That's the hippie <laughs> capital of the world. Yeah. They live back in the mountains there. They all they all have AKs and ARs back in the mountains. <laughs> you know, and you're not going to get any help from law enforcement if, if some giant mountain lion comes and gets you. So uh, it was a good trip. Then I went down to Santa Barbara, then to L.A., which is a disaster. Los Angeles is a certifiable disaster. Oh, it's disgusting. It is really the uh, the it should be the uh, the poster for Democrat incompetence in policies. Absolutely. And I uh, I hate the name drop, so I'm not going to do it. But uh, a big time male movie star. Uh I was in his proximity, and he and he said to me, he goes, is there any hope for the country? Now, this is a guy that everybody would know, that you would not think would ask that kind of a question to a guy like me. Um, and I said, there is. I said, this history goes in cycles, and we're in a down cycle now. We have very poor leadership across the board. I don't know when the uh, new leadership will arise that starts to problem-solve. And we need problem solving here in the gun area, the drug area, the immigration area, uh, the economy. We need problem solving, not this phony ideological garbage that is just um, besieging each working American. I mean, if if working Americans continue to vote for people who are going to hurt them, then the cycle is not going to stop anytime soon. No, which is uh, would give Mel Gibson a little pause for concern, but no, uh, back, it wasn't Gibson. Back, back to uh, it, was, uh, it was it was a guy bigger than Gibson. Oh, really? Wow! Yeah, uh, a really big guy. The Come rock. on, Bill. It Come was on, the rock. Like it, was, it was the rock. It was the you rock. Gotta, you got to tell. Well, listen, I, I, we, we're not going to be able to drag it out, but no, uh, just I'll back, give you a clue. Go ahead. You can't handle the truth. Oh, Jack Nicholson. No kidding. Wow, that's that is uh, that? Look, Bill O'Reilly with a big fun trip out you. in the West Coast. That is cool, very cool. Hey, listen, back to the you mentioned the incompetence when you talked about, about the inflation and the gas prices, uh, and that, that it was Joe Biden. It was intentional what, what he did, and he says, "What do you want me to do? You can't uh, throw a switch and uh, reverse it." Yes, you can. If he reversed all those policies that you talked about, Bill, on day one, the Keystone Pipeline. Opening the spigots, as Mr. Katz would uh, would characterize it as, gas prices would start to recede tomorrow, and inflation would follow suit. He could flip a switch, but apparently they don't want to, or he doesn't want to, because he's afraid of these zealots, these green uh, uh, green New Deal zealots on the left. So, in, in, in a sense, this is not even incompetence. This is intentional destruction of our uh, you know, fossil fuels and screwing the. Uh, the, the average worker at the pump, et cetera. What do you think? I think you're right, McGurk, and I, it pains me to make, say those words. <laughs> yeah, but, exa- go. But Biden is incapable of saying, if I do X, which is basically throw re- every regulation I can on the fossil fuel oil industry, if I do that, then prices for the working people are going to go up at the pump, air conditioning, heating. He's incapable of doing that. That's what. That's the real danger here. He cannot do cause and effect. 
He's too diminished to do it. So the fanatical far-left progressives around him understand that. And they keep throwing things in front of him to sign, and he signs them. (laughs) Because he doesn't know what the unintended consequences will be. But, But it's incumbent upon the Republicans to point that out, that he could reverse the inflation and the gas prices sure, uh, right but now. he doesn't know that. No, See, he doesn't. Biden doesn't know that. He, that's, the, that's the frightening part about this. It's, it's almost like um, you've got a sports team that has nobody who can hit over 200. Everybody's hitting under 200. And no matter what they do, they can't hit over 200. Well, you're going to lose every game. Every game. It's the same thing. And let's talk about the Rangers. Uh, Well, listen, uh, as far as I knew, Mr. Bill O'Reilly, you were at every Big Islander game. Ironically, Big Islander guy. Right. I got to say, this coach of the Rangers, who has done an extraordinarily good job, and those guys are motivated. I don't know if they're going to beat Tampa. Tampa's a better team, they're faster. Okay? Be careful. No, I. Be I careful. Tell the truth here. You guys know that's why no, you have me on. Be careful. Exactly. I'm not sure they're better. I know. They, I know they. Team. I know they've won the last two Stanley Cups. This is a yeah, young Rangers team. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah. But the Rangers are more motivated, and they're not intimidated by Tampa, even though they have great uniforms. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, as a sports fan, especially here, if I'm at WFAN, I can delve into the the nitty gritty of the game and the line changes and the missed opportunities, but here. Uh, we almost have to take sports, me, and, and make it larger than life. Make it yes. almost poli- right. So we say things on this show like, well, when the Rangers win, above and beyond the obvious, which is Jim Dolan keeps the light on, so that's more money for the city. It's a good thing for the city. It's just, it makes New Yorkers Absolutely. feel good. Absolutely. Even people who don't know what hockey is, they think they're watching lacrosse. They're still watching. <laughs> All right? They don't know. That's an excellent. Look, both of you guys have made excellent points today. I am stunned. This is, this is unbelievable. Anything like this elevates the um, city, the people who live in this city, and provides a constructive diversion away from the problems. We can't just have problems constantly. We've got to have good things. And the Mets are a good story, the Yankees are a good story, and now the Rangers are a good story. This is all contributes to a positive lifestyle, even if you're not a sports fan. So... Um, you know, as you said, I'm an Islanders guy. I was raised on the Islanders and all of that. But I have friends in the Ranger organization, and I'm just very pleased that they are competing at this level. All right, Bill O'Reilly. Absolutely right. Uh, listen, Bill O'Reilly, just to follow up uh, on Joe Biden, uh, you know, his incompetence and his his senile, his, his, his compromised uh, cognitive state. Uh, you talk about, you've been talking about the likely impeachment of Joe Biden. You see that coming? Because he was a Trojan yeah, horse. Somebody, I think the try. Democrats... He'll never get convicted. Yeah. You know that. But the enforcement on the border is more than enough to impeach them, uh, Joe Biden. You just can't... He took an oath to uphold the laws of the United States. Everybody remember that on Inauguration Day? Hello, uh, everybody? Yeah. Sadly, Has he yes. upheld the law at the border? No. Not a damn, not even no. close. Right. right. And there's nobody who can say he has. No. 
No one. Nope. All right, so there's the article of impeachment. Now, the calculation is, would this hurt the Republicans because the country would go, the independents in the country, and of course the Republicans would like it, uh, would go, oh, you're not problem solving, you're just after Biden, and let's get stuff done. That's going to be the argument. And again, he'd never be convicted in the Senate because you need two-thirds of the Senate to boot somebody. But he could be, and and it would be a legitimate, unlike the Trump impeachments, which is phony, uh, this would be legitimate. Yeah, right. Americans dying from fentanyl because of oh, it. Oh, it's, it's horrible. I yeah, wrote in Killing really the Mob, the book before Killing the Killers. By the way, Killing the Killers, best Father's Day gift ever. Particularly if you don't like Dad. Because <laughs> Dad then won't talk for oh, about God. three days. There you go. He'll that read the so book funny. and he won't say anything. But um, killing the mob, I said, organized crime, Biden's their favorite president because the unfettered flow of narcotics into this country is historical. Yeah. They love him. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Listen, to say that we missed you last week would be maybe the biggest understatement of the week on this show. We missed you desperately. We're so happy you're back today, and you were brilliant once again. Glad you enjoyed Big Sur. And uh, great to have you I want everybody to come out to the Greek parade. I'm stocking up on baklava. Um, that's a dessert, right? I yes. think it is. Yes. By the way, in Florida, in Florida, one of your favorite places, we used to go to a Greek restaurant in East Boca Raton that made a delicious, you ready for this? Chocolate baklava. You would have loved it. Oh, oh yeah. Bill. So good. Mm. <laughs> so where yeah, is the Greek parade? Uh, everybody out there for the Greek Independence Day parade, and uh, it's a great event, but the food is fantastic. And yes. that's another thing you can't get. Good Greek food in California. No, no. not there. No, but here you can. Uh, Avra. Yeah. Avra's a great restaurant here in the, in the mid, uh, Midtown East. Avra for Greek food. Right. Thank you, Bill. You're okay, the best. Guys. Take Good care. to talk to you again. You're Bye. the best. Thank you. Yeah, in fact, uh, Bernie, tomorrow, John Katsimatidis, maybe the most famous Greek person of all, will join us at uh, 7.05 to talk about uh, the big day coming up on Sunday. Yeah, he'll he'll where, be at that where, parade, where, too. Where is the parade? I'm just uh, if we're going to promote it, uh, where is it? Well, you know, does I got, anybody know? I, it's got to be Fifth Avenue, right? Like, like the rest of uh, it. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, hopefully, it is. That's where it should, belongs. But uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll look into it, and uh, on the other side, we'll we'll, we'll inform the people. Yeah, we'll on uh, the Bernie and Sid show. We'll ask John tomorrow. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Everything she does is magic. That's great for Leslie. Quick question for you before we get to the Hall of Famer, the beautiful Leslie Visser, who I love dearly. My wife Danielle loves her, too. What player spent his first three years in Golden State, then ended up getting traded to the Boston Celtics as we get ready for the Warriors and the Celtics later on tonight, where he became a mainstay along guys like Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and others? Want to take a guess at this? uh, I, I got it. Who is it? I know it. Who? The Chief. That's right. Robert Parrish. Exactly right. 
Parrish got dealt to Boston. Mikhail got drafted. Joe I Barry Carroll went to Golden love State. Love Robert Parrish. Yeah, oh. he was cool. He didn't say much, and uh, but he was perfect for that team. And uh, talking about, of course, the Boston Celtics, this little girl from Quincy, Massachusetts, who used to dress as Sam Jones on Halloween when other little girls were dressed as Mary Poppins, they say. Uh, she has gone on to have an unbelievable career, inspiring so many young ladies that I know, people like Amber Wilson, Joy Taylor, uh, thousands of others, even our in-house counsel here at the station, Red Apple, Emily Pankow. Every woman and man loves Leslie Visser. What a phenomenal career and highlighted last week by getting a Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award. This after becoming the female, first female to make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame back in 2006. With all that said, here she is, the exceptional Leslie Visser. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? Oh, God. Hi, guys. Thanks for that. A couple things on Robert Parrish. Do you know that when Bill Walton went to the Celtics, which he said he got out of Clipper Jail in uh, 86, which um, arguably the greatest <laughs> NBA team ever, not just because I'm a native Bostonian, <laughs> but the first thing he did was go to the Chiefs' house because he said that he wanted Robert to know he was there as a teammate. He was not there to replace him. And when Parrish went into the Hall of Fame, he had Bill Walton as his presenter. Wow. How about that? Yeah, he was one of his uh, backups there. We'll get into this Celtics Warriors series uh, later during this conversation, but again, uh, I contacted you. We spoke uh, on Monday on the holiday. It was a great conversation. Danielle jumped on the phone, too, to talk about this award you received last week, this Lifetime Achievement Emmy Award, which is a huge, huge honor, along with your Hall of Fame stuff. Tell uh, tell Bernie, the listeners, uh, about this uh, award you received last week and uh, how much it meant to you. Oh, thanks for asking. Um it's really enormous. It, for me, it's the equivalent of, of going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, totally unexpected. Uh, when I went into Canton, John Madden wrote me a letter, and he said, the Hall of Fame, you can't be born into it, you can't buy your way into it, you have to earn it. Mm. And this was so shocking to me. Sean McManus, as you know, our chairman of sports at CBS, yep. no more. he called to, yeah, a great guy, and he called to tell me, and the interesting thing is they don't give it out every year, but his father won the first one, Jim McKay. And all the winners of this, all the men who've won it before, they're just what we all love. They're storytellers. It's Jim McKay and Kirk Gowdy, who I grew up listening to call Red Sox games on my cheap transistor. And it's Jack Whitaker and Dick Enberg and Bern Lundquist. So it was really overwhelming to me and the most wonderful memory i'll ever have is at the end of it my speech my thank yous i said that you know i'm the first woman but i won't be the last and so i asked all the women in the business whether you've worked with me or not to stand and let's celebrate each other oh that is beautiful that is really beautiful (laughs) leslie nobody deserves it really more than you Uh, you are a legend and icon in the business and congratulations on it uh, so, Leslie, listen, let's uh, sit alluded to it. I'm into it big time. I love the series. Uh, the, I mean, I love watching the Celtics throughout the playoffs. And uh, so, uh, 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 aside from being a Bostonian, the Celtics are going to be tired. The Warriors have been rested, well-rested. Uh, did this, uh, but I think the Celtics are more, as Bill, Bill O'Reilly just used the word, motivated. I think they're motivated. They're scrappy. They're tough. I think they're going to take uh, take the Warriors and beat them in the in this series in, in seven games. What do you think? Well, the seventh game would be out there, but the Celtics don't care about 
Like no, they don't. They win. Yeah. Yep. Well, they win them. But it's uh, it's just a beautiful matchup because the Celtics defense is is going to go down as one of the great defenses in the history of the NBA, and they do all that switching. You know, their problem will be if the Warriors can slip past all the defensive switching. But I really think they're built to beat the Warriors. Uh, you know, if it becomes a deep game, then clearly. You know, Steph out there. Remember when Hank Stram used to say, "We'll be throwing coming off the bus." That's what I feel. That's what I feel about Steph. It's like he he must get dressed in the locker room and then he walks out and shoots it. But uh, I really, I think, um, you know, I I think Poole's defense for them is great. Um, I mean, his offense is great, but defense is not so great. And the Celtics. I think every single Celtics got at least one vote for Defensive Player of the Year, which is saying something. Uh, no, they are. They're a great defensive club. But like I told you on the phone a couple of days ago, this is not a grandfather Celtic team. I'm sorry, but any one of those Bird teams, certainly the Bill Russell teams, they beat this team by 40. So uh, the NBA has changed quite a bit. They are very good defensively. They've got a shot at winning like Bernie talks about. But this is not the NBA I grew up and loved not that many years ago. But I want to move on. Uh, about a month and a half ago. But I have to tell you. Yeah. I have to tell you one thing about the way it's changed. Yeah. Because the, um, my first television assignment for CBS. Can you imagine this? Was the iconic Celtic Lakers series in '84. Yes. I mean, I I covered it all for the Globe, but that was my first TV. And to, just to show, when people say, "Well, really, how is the NBA different?" I always say, "Well, after Game Three in the Forum of that series, that's when the Celtics were terrible." And Bird said, we're playing like sissies. And they went back to the garden. And that's where Mikhail clothesline Rambus. Yes. And do you know, I mean, now you'd be out of the league, right? I mean, <laughs> Rambus' right. legs were facing up the, up at the net. And that was a two-shot foul. Yeah. No, <laughs> listen, listen. Those days, oh, the, the Knicks would play the Pistons. It would be 84-82. Now you got that score at halftime, a lot of these <laughs> NBA games. So it, it has changed quite a bit. The Celtics are kind of a throwback because they do play defense. But... About six weeks ago, I went to a dinner. Uh, John Katsimatidis, my boss, uh, the great John Katsimatidis, invited me yeah, to this. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they honored you that night, Tim McCarthy, a dear friend of ours, old ESPN guy. And, and um, uh, who else was there that night? That uh, Chris Oliveira was there, WFAN, obviously, and a few others. But the long story short, they honored you that night, too. So you've been uh, honored quite a bit. And you told a great story about the Red Sox where you included former Yankee great Bobby Mercer. And I, for some reason, that story was my favorite that night. Well, that was with, um, uh, I have a podcast like everybody. I hope you guys come on someday. And um, I had, I wanted, I always wanted to talk to David Duchovny, the actor, because he wrote a book called Bucky Effing Den. Right, which by, the way, he, thought, which by the way, he was on our show with me and Bernie talking about that book. Oh, yeah. Well, then yeah. you guys know the whole thing. Yeah. But I thought he was a Red Sox fan when I saw the title of the book. And it turns out he thinks the Red Sox are a joke. He hates <laughs> the Red Sox. And he actually, on the podcast, he said he thought Fenway was a Little League park and they shouldn't be allowed to hold World Series there. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And then <laughs> he said, but he comes by his passion, honestly, because as you know, many people now don't know that the Yankees really were not good there for a long stretch. And so he said his idol as a kid was Bobby Mercer. And I thought, well, all right, you got to give him some credibility. Great <laughs> <laughs> yeah, story. Uh, so listen, Leslie, uh, the New York Rangers, I mean, we're here in New York. They won last night. Uh, again, talk about a scrappy, motivated team. 
are we here feel in, in New York that they're going to take this Stanley Cup? Because, uh, well, it's destiny, it's fate. The way you feel about the Boston Celtics, we feel about the Rangers. What does Leslie Visser say? I think it's amazing because, if I recall, didn't they almost lose? Weren't they struggling in the first round? Like yeah, they were down, down, they were down oh, three yeah. games to one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, here they are. And last night they looked like it, playing a JV team against the best goaltender <laughs> that right. they faced. So, no, I think – and, you know, I'm, I'm really – well, part of – I think part of my success has been the blessing of being born in Boston. My childhood was – Ted Williams, Bill Russell, and number four, Bobby Orr. So it's like, I I mean, I don't know how you can be born to that. And then, of course, I I always say about left field in Fenway, it's like a land grant. And, you know, then Williams gave it to Yaz. uh, And it's so, um, I don't know, it's a, it was just a, a privilege. But hockey in person, I don't you think it's the best sport? In it is. Person? It is in person. And Bobby Orr, of course, still that picture is so iconic of him, of course, being body over the ice. But what's funny about that is you talk about as a kid, Bill Russell, Ted Williams, Akal Yastrzemski, Bobby Orr. And, of course, there were no very good New England Patriots. They lost that Super Bowl with Steve Grogan and Eason to the Bears. They got blown out. Ray Berry, of course, was the coach. But the greatest of all came later in Boston. He's now in Tampa Bay and about to get $400 million to be an announcer. And that's Tom Brady. So when you were a kid, you couldn't even appreciate Patriots football. And he comes on and at least arguably, including Bill Russell, becomes the greatest player ever to play a sport in the city of Boston. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's interesting. Uh, well, number one, I covered all of Brady, so he wasn't – I mean, I covered all those Patriots. The The Boston Globe made me the first woman to cover the NFL as a beat, and it was the 76, Patri- uh, 76 Patriots when, of course, it was Ben Dreith on that terrible call roughing the passer against the Oakland Raiders, yep. uh, against Stabler. And it was funny because I traveled John Madden's bus with him for years, and we would both get purple arguing about that. Like, for him, of course, you could never mention the Immaculate Reception. But in 76, that was ridiculous when they said that uh, Sugar Bear Hamilton roughed Stabler. But um, it was the Patriots were a joke when I was little. You know, they they were AFL. They kept moving. They played in Fenway. They played at Harvard. They played at Boston College. So really, when I grew up, we got the giant broadcast. We got Aldi Regattas. Uh, and so a lot of older people now passed away um, were giant fans. But um, yeah, I remember in 86, that game, uh, it should have been Grogan starting instead of Eason. And Eason got one look at Mike Singletary. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. He went into yeah. a fetal position. Yeah, I think, he went, oh, I think he went 0 for 6. And what's funny about that game was, for the longest time, that was the quickest score in Super Bowl history because the Patriots got an early field goal from Tony Franklin. Right. But then the Bears right. went out to score like 46 unanswered points. And that, that was the end of that. Of, remember when Devin Hester returned the yes. kickoff in the rain? I was in that game. Prince. I was there. That was in Miami against Peyton Manning and the Colts. Yes. And Prince yes. performed yes. halftime. And he sang Purple Rain in the Rain. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was um, – but Brady, you can – Yes, you can make the argument, except Bill Russell, I believe, is the greatest champion, right? 11 rings. He has more rings than fingers, back-to-back titles at San Francisco and Olympic gold. So I think Bill Russell is the greatest champion in American history. Well, speaking of champions, Leslie Visser, you yourself, uh, 
You broke a lot of glass ceilings. A lot of women in sports these days in sports uh, media. But uh, back in the day, not so much. Uh, uh, what was it like for you? I mean, it, what, was it difficult? Did you really meet with some opposition? Uh, you know, tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I, I have some well-earned scar tissue. I was, I was really, um, I had an attitude of gratitude, so I, I just couldn't believe I wanted to be a sports writer since I was 10 when the job didn't exist for women. So I, I was so appreciative. But, um, yeah, there, there were no provisions for equality. So my first five years, I think, covering uh, the NFL, I had to do all the interviews in the parking lot. So it would be wow. like John Madden used to tell me I was caught in a two-way go. You know, that's where a defender decides right. the defensive yep. back, yep. you know, yep. which way do I go here? So I would either have to say, oh, should I get Terry Bradshaw getting on the bus uh, from the parking lot after, you know, the game and all the interviews in the locker room? Or do I go over there to Steve Grogan, who lost the game, but I write for the Boston Globe, so maybe the Patriots <laughs> fans want to read about that. So it was and, – and I had um, – I understood that it was new to all of them, too, but I remember once Dale Murphy, uh, he made me the bad guy because after a playoff game, Dale Murphy said, if she comes in the clubhouse, I won't talk to anyone. Wow. Really? Dale Murphy, the former Atlanta Brave, a two-time MVP. That's not cool. And he's a great guy. People loved him. He just didn't think women belonged to uh, the yeah, He's a Mormon, so, by the way. He does a lot of traveling yeah. on missions and stuff. So, yeah. Yes. I, mean, I mean, I he's guess you, you, you look really at the one that uh, kind of broke all that, uh, Leslie, was uh, here in New York, the Daily News, Lisa Olson, who once walked into a Giants locker room, saw a naked Zeke Mowat, and all hell broke loose. Well, that was actually, and that was in the 90s. Like, I'd already been covering the NFL for 15 years. That right. was the Patriots against, um, and that's where Victor Kayam called her the B word. Right. And she really was, she was just doing her job. And ironically, I had always gotten along with Zeke, and it was just a really terrible combination of events. But, um, you know, I'm grateful now that the locker room, people just understand it's the place of business. It's nothing now. Nobody goes in there. You know, I mean, you guys know it's not Chippendales. It's a <laughs> store. I want to go home. Wait, before I, I have to ask you, do you guys know when you, if you look up McGurk and all of history, do you know who the most famous McGurk, the number one person who comes up? Um, uh, negative, no. I'm going to say Bernie. I'm going to say him. Bernie. Yeah. Get out of town. Oh, is that right? On. I mean, wow. come on. That's big. That uh, is big. That, that is uh, pathetic, but I got to check that out myself. That's very <laughs> well, interesting. Listen, it's better than me. When, when you put Rosenberg in, my aunt and uncle Julius and Ethel come up first. <laughs> that, that is. No, that, that is. Well, what about your, oh, your cousin isn't Rosenberg, right? You're the mayor or the governor? No, he, that's, yeah, Coleman. That's Norm Coleman oh, in Minnesota. Yes, he, right, he was both. Right, right. he, he was the mayor of St. Paul and the senator from the great state of Minnesota. We, uh, listen, I love you. I called Jeff DeForest. I said, put me in touch with Leslie because I have to. Congratulate her on this on this epic award last week, and it's great having you on the show. Me and Bernie both love you to pieces. Uh, you're the nicest and smartest lady in the history of media. So congratulations to you. It could not happen to a nicer person. Yes, indeed. Oh, I love you guys. Will you call me again? Yes, we will. We promise. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Leslie. Right. Congratulations. Thank you I love you too. We Goodbye. love you too. The great Leslie Visser, Hall of Famer, and just last week received 
the Emmy Award Lifetime Achievement Award. No more decorated woman in the history of media and sports than the great Leslie Visser. We need a contestant for Beat Bernie, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Plus more news and opinions as only we can do it because we are Bernie and Sid. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. You really do it. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show and everywhere on that 77 WABC app. No, no, no. Hey, listen, uh, uh, Leslie Visser, she's great. She's terrific. Uh, we've known her for years. Uh, she was appeared on the IMA show. She's one of the nicest people you could. She ever really is. She really is. And, and, and she, you know, look, she, her and I had a, a long discussion, which did include politics on Monday. She didn't want to really talk about politics here today. And she is not exactly... Uh, in lockstep, as you would imagine, with me and Bernie, as you would imagine. But um, I got to tell you, we, we, we spoke about politics from the shooting to Trump to Biden for a good 20 minutes. At no point did either one of us raise our voice. At no point did either one of us uh, insult the, uh, the other one. It never, it never got to that. And then I'm we just surprised. went back to talking about the Mets and the Yankees and the Celtics and the Warriors. But she has such great memory when it comes to sports. I mean, she starts talking about for days with Kurt County and John Madden and Dick Enberg and all these great guys. Well, a lot of them are dead. In fact, they're all dead. Even her ex-husband, Dick Stockton. I could listen to her is for he an dead? hour. Is Dick Stockton Dick, dead? Dick is not dead. Um, oh. The other guys are. Madden's gone and Gowdy and Enberg, they're all dead. So I could listen to her for an hour. I, I just find her to be really smart, and she knows her stuff, man. She is a walking encyclopedia, and she does really, really, really love us. So it made for a great conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, like I said, we, 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 uh, like you, we go way back, but... Uh, the one thing we did talk about was that locker room thing, and I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't want to voice uh, any type of uh, disagreement with her. But you can't tell me that a woman goes into a, a locker room and, and these guys are standing there. You have gone into locker rooms and you've been blown away. You, you <laughs> can't believe what you've seen. Herb Williams, guys, guys are standing there with their things swinging around. Oh yeah, and it, and it doesn't affect the women uh, or the of guys. Course, of course. Listen, you, I told you, you the story. You can't tell me that. No, you're right, Bern. I told you the story when I was covering the Miami Heat when I lived down in Florida. I told you this many times, and I took Dan, I Danielle with me to the Heat Bulls game, and we're down walking towards the Heat locker room very innocently for me to get sound from Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway after the game, and we happened to walk past an open door, which happened to be the training room for the Chicago Bulls, and laying there completely naked, balls, uh, penis, ass, the whole thing was Michael Jordan. 
And I remember saying to Danielle, I'm done now, right? That's it. You're, you're right. not, not going to want to sleep with me anymore. But, and yeah, and yeah. She, to this day, she talks about seeing that. Well, that's exactly why I I've clearly remember the story and you telling it. That's why I alluded to it. But uh, let's, Leslie Visser just said the opposite, that it's, it, it doesn't affect uh, female journalists. And I didn't want to, again, disagree with her, but you cannot tell me that it doesn't affect female journalists or the athletes themselves. The guys that are you know are going to get off on that as well. When a woman is standing there, comes into the locker room, you're standing there naked or whatever. I mean, it def- it's human instinct. It's human nature. I'm sorry. It does have an effect uh, on uh, you. And uh, so I, I just wanted to clarify that, that I don't agree that it doesn't have an impact because it, it absolutely positively does witness you and, and poor Danielle who had to, uh, well, <laughs> go home with you after seeing that. Uh, hit back here on, on the Bernie and Sid show. Hey, listen, but she's a great lady. Otherwise, I got to tell you, I, I just have utmost respect for her. Does she still live in the Boston area? No, no, no. She uh, has long lived in Florida. And, uh, in fact, I've got a good buddy who does a morning show down there. His name is Jeff DeForest. I call him Depot. And he's a local legend down there for 100 years. And her and Depot have become best friends over the last, I don't know, 30 years. But uh, she lived with Dick in Florida and now lives with her husband, Bob, in Florida for a very, very long time. And I'll give you one guess who really enjoyed that interview, who texted me, is going nuts over it. Remember now, she talked a lot about Ted Williams, Bill Russell, Tom Brady, Bobby Orr. Who's your, go ahead, Lou. Who's your guess? I, I'll you wait till Bernie to go. Go ahead, Bernie. Go ahead. I can't. Uh, I think just... Boston. Just think Boston. Come on. Boston? A yes. woman? Yes. No, not a woman. Oh, yes. Oh, Joseph Abode. There no. you go. Bang. Bernie from Bernie McGurk on fire. Yes, indeed. No, no, that, that makes eminent sense. Joseph Abode. He is, as we speak, he's masturbating in a car in oh, Westchester. Oh, stop, stop, Yeah, I swear stop. to God. Great. No, he is. That'll take days to get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you know, speaking <laughs> of sport, I want to just, Thank you. Just move on quickly. Yesterday we had, at this time, we had uh, Ron Duguay on, the uh, fam- famous uh, New York Ranger, great, and also... All around bon vivant here in New York City. New York City stud, Ron Duguay. But uh, we tried to a little bit engage him in, 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 in politics and uh, what's happening in Canada. And I, I, I get the feeling he didn't want to go there or we didn't tr- try to draw it out from him enough. Uh, we didn't give it the effort. I don't know. Either, either way. Theo Fleury. You know, you ever hear that name before, Theo Fleury? Theo Fleury was a, a really good player out west in Colorado and ended up on the New York Rangers, believe it or not. And I coached him in the celebrity game what? when I coached the Christopher Reeves game. Yes. Get out of here. Wow. Yes. Okay. What a God. Yeah. So, so there you go. Theo Fleury was on Fox News last night. I believe it was with Tucker Carlson. And he was asked about – he was on for this specific reason. He's, he's a Canuck. And he was asked about uh, – the what what uh, Justin Trudeau is doing up there, you know, uh, eventually he's going to confiscate all handguns. Let's put it that way, and legalizing meth and cocaine and stuff like that, and exerting this authoritarian uh, dictatorial control over Canadians. Anyway, this is what Theo Fleury said yesterday to Tucker about all that. Cut twenty six, please, Lou. You know, this is premeditated and pre-planned. The World Economic Forum is in Canada and is running our country and running the Great Reset, whatever you, whatever the hell you want to call it, it is happening in Canada, and it is being played out. The script is being played out every single day in this country, and it's got to stop. Wow. 
That's a uh, great cut. By the way, yeah. he did spend. Uh, he did come to the Rangers from Colorado, like I said, but he did spend the first ten years of his amazing NHL career playing for the Calgary Flames. So that's uh, that's your Theo Fleury story. Well, he knows what time it is because uh, you know he talked about the World Economic Economic Forum and the, this great reset that these people want to engage in, and it is people like uh, Bill Gates, Justin Trudeau is down with it. All these multimillionaires, George Soros. And this other guy, his name is Klaus Schwab. He's actually the son of a Nazi officer. And he, he's one of the organizers of this uh, Davos. Uh, they go to Davos, Switzerland every year. You may have heard of this. But uh, th- th- this is the World Economic Forum out there. And they're open about what they want to do to every country in the world. They want to try to do that here in the United States. And that's what we have to look out for. And... Uh, but, but we gave uh, Ron Duguay a chance to, uh, by the way, Theo Fleury getting a lot of uh, press because of what he said yesterday. We gave Duguay that opportunity yesterday, and he didn't bite. I mean, no. come on, Ronnie. Uh, he's all caught up in the Rangers. So, but, yeah. yeah no, but he, listen, to, to Duguay's credit, he has admitted, which is a big deal, because I've known him for 20-something years because of sports, but he's admitted he loves you because he saw you on Fox News. So oh, yeah. that's a big admission that he's watching Fox News, and that's when he fell in love with you. And he's been on this show countless times and comes on with his very conservative Republican girlfriend, Sarah Palin. So he's done that stuff yeah. before. We know where he stands. Yes. But uh, we, you know, we got to – well, whatever. We'll he bring just, him back. We'll bring him back. We'll bring him back we'll because him. Uh, yeah. what's happening in his home country is disgusting. And yeah. it's, it's right next door. Yeah. These nice Canadians are, uh, you know, falling into this communist trap. It's really, really scary. It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. This got such a beautiful text from Leslie Visser. She says that I miss you to send her some um, pretty wacky letters and stuff. And Oh, I forgot. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's about all I'm going to say about the subject. I think she now. said the last time she was on with Don... He sent her a letter that said something to the extent of, thanks for stopping by today. You're still boring. And okay. that was it. I well, remember other things. Yeah, there were other things. Yeah. Yeah, it's time for a Beat Bernie, your chance at uh, cash and prizes. Brought to you by Pete Morgan, big Ranger fan. Uh, Philip, who has taken Luke Legrano's place, is wearing a Ryan McDonough Ranger jersey today. And I yelled at him because Ryan McDonough is now on Tampa Bay. Who are playing, of course. Um, I said, what kind of Ranger fan would do that? And he said, I'm not a Ranger fan. So I was starting to not miss Luke so much. And now I miss Luke again because you did that. You just, you're lying to people. I'm sorry, Sid. What will happen again? What, what, what fan are you? What, do you follow a hockey team? Do you care? Yeah, I, I'm typically the Penguins. You're a Penguins fan? Yeah, oh, my God. It gets worse and worse. I mean, sure, sure. Jeez. Yeah. And, and it's a really nice jersey, too. You're it's a, it it's gorgeous. Fan. I know. I win either way. McDonough wins. I can still wear it. The Rangers win. I, I wear it. It's, it's a great win. I've got Islander underwear and a Ranger jersey, so I win, too. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Who's uh, today's contestant? I don't have it here in front of my... Uh... It's, it's Ira. Where's Ira? I, Ira is from... Where's... From uh, Bayonne. Oh, Bayonne, New Jersey. I'm actually going to be filming a movie there in uh, August. Okay, back to you. There you go. Tank job. Ira, how are you? Doing great. How you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm thank doing you. great. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you for playing today's game. You listen to us every morning? Every morning. I got to tell you one thing. You make waking up 
Worth it in the morning, both of you guys. You're great. Uh, thank you. I got to tell you, waking up for me still sucks, but I appreciate you saying that, okay? <laughs> Not a problem. I mean, I get my uh, call with Ricky at uh, 4.15 every morning, and he's like, I don't know how you do it. But um, to be honest, uh, how I do it is I've got an amazing partner and guys like you who said what you just said. So thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ira. Here we go. Here's number one, my friend. Who was assassinated on April 14th? That's Joe Takapina's birthday and Pete Rose. Who was assassinated <laughs> on April the 14th of 1865? Believe it or not, April 14th is my birthday. It was Abraham Lincoln. Oh, my God. Your birthday, too? Yes. Wow, that is ironic. Wow, on the day you play the game, and that's, uh, that question is out there. That's funny. So just know now you share a birthday, Ira, with Joe Takapina and Pete Rose. Here's our number two. I feel privileged. <laughs> who who <laughs> was sure the did. actor nominated for Oscars in five consecutive decades with the last nod coming for his 1978 role as a Nazi hunter in the film The Boys from Brazil? I believe that would be Gregory Peck. That's incorrect. I'll give you a hint. He was actually knighted at one point, and he became a Sir, Sir Lawrence Olivier. He was great in the jazz singer. Remember, yes, sir, to Neil Diamond. Great role. Great stuff. Number three, the $50 bill features a portrait of what United States President Grant on the front? What the hell did he just say here? He actually put the name in the... Isn't that Ulysses S. Grant? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how you got that. How was this? Meanie drunk? <laughs> oh, what? Who is Bernie Grant's tomb? I mean, Meanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me cross that out here. Well, I got to get Bernie the same exact hair, I guess. Uh, number four. <laughs> yeah. Number four. Three islands. Buck Island, Moose Island, and Hawk Island lie within what lake in New York's Adirondacks? I, I have no idea. The Great Lakes, I have no idea. Oh, oh this one's going to hurt you. I'll give you a hint. It was the scene Wait. of our hockey team winning the gold back in 1980. You still don't know Lake it, huh? Champla- Lake Champlain? Lake, uh, Lake, uh, Lake, 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 Lake Placid. Lake Placid. Finally, what former Marine guided Bill Clinton to the presidency and Mary Madeline to the altar? Former Marine guy, Bill Clinton. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he's Clinton's architect. He's a weird-looking guy, bald. No? All right, the answer is uh, James Carville. So you got uh, two right, and we'll see if Bernie fares any better. Uh, yeah, this was uh, meanie number three. Yeah, I woke up a little, you know, on the wrong side of the bed this morning. <laughs> it is in. Did you you read the answer? The answer. I, I, I read the question as it was written, as uh, even Alex Trebek. God bless his soul, would do. So, uh, yeah. who's the contestant? Uh, his name is uh, Ira. Ira and Bernie get a freebie today. There you okay, go. there you go. Thank you. Yeah. How'd yeah. Ira do? He got two out of five, including the one you gave him. So, okay, so one. he had a rough go. All right. Look very cute today. Like your hat. Thank you. What's, uh, the, what's the name of that thing on your hat again? It's this a, is Music Radio, seventy-seven that, WABC, right. WABCRadioStore.com. It's a sweet bucket hat. Do they got me on camera here? Put me on camera. Yeah, he looks good. There we go. There we go. Where am I looking? There we go. It looks good on you. White T-shirt, there black. You, go. you need the bucket hat. And you look you cute. Pr- yeah, cousin Brucey next week at PNC on Thursday. Love is, you, is that right? That's right, baby. Out in PNC. Yeah, go to WBCRadio.com for more. Thank you for that, me. I got you. That's our esteemed program director. He's a good kid. He's handsome too. Uh, Bernie, three right, you win. Okay, pal. Is Bernard there? I don't hear him. Here we go again. How does this happen every day with this game? 
Oh, Bernie. Let's go. I'm here, bro. How you feeling? I like a turkey on Thanksgiving. Oh, that's not the right answer. Right? <laughs> I, we always, you always said that since I've known you for 20-something years. I go, no. wait, we eat turkeys on Thanksgiving. No, you're supposed to say, how you living? Oh, how and you living? And then I said, like a turkey on Thanksgiving. See what I'm saying, Burn? I hear you humming, yo. Who, <laughs> who was assassinated? You, you could believe that. You make me laugh, bro. You're funny. <laughs> who was assassinated on April 14th, 1865? What? I'll, give, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about this. This guy was assassinated on April the 14th, 1865. So I go, April the 14th, that's Joe Tacopina and Pete Rose's birthday. And the contestant goes, that's my birthday, too. You can't make wow. it up. Yes. Uh, well, listen, uh, I would imagine it would be Abraham Lincoln. That's correct. He was shot in the temple. He was not wearing tits. What? What happened? Who was the actor nominated for Oscars in five Five Bernie consecutive decades with the last nod coming for his 1978 role as a Nazi hunter in the film The Boys from Brazil. Boys from Brazil, uh, 1978. Right, but he was, he was nominated in five consecutive decades. Yeah, so that would be. Uh... The 40s, right through the 70s, yeah. Okay. Oh, excuse me, the 30s. Yeah, Boys from Brazil. I, I, I don't know. I'll give you a hint. Uh, he Please. was later knighted and became Sir. Oh, of course it was. Um, it was Sir, Sir. I, I don't know. His name, I have was, no idea. his name was Lawrence Olivier. It became Lawrence Olivier. I yeah. should I should have guessed that. Yeah. Okay. Number three, and the answer is actually in the question. I swear to God, you can't make it up. The fifty dollar the fifty dollar bill features a portrait of what United States President Grant on the front. <laughs> That uh, would be Ulysses. <laughs> That's right. All right, so if you get one more, you win. Right now you're tied 2-2 with Ira. Three islands, Buck Island, Moose Island, and Hawk Island, lie within what lake in New York's Adirondacks? Uh, I would have to say, I would have to say that would be Lake George. No. Wow. Uh, he got it wrong, too. I'll give you a Champlain. Uh, Champlain? No, that's what he said. Uh, it was the site of uh, where our hockey team beat the Russians in the Olympics back in 1980. Oh, Placid. Yes. And finally, right. you, but you're going to get this right. This is why you're going to win. You're definitely going to get this. What former Marine guided Bill Clinton to the presidency and Mary Madeline to the altar? Uh, it was uh, our old friend James Carville. That's right. 3-2 the final score. Once again, Bernie McGurk wins. 3-2 the final score. Bernie, say hello to Ira. What's up, Ira? Good good, ch- good What's ch- going on? How the hell are you, man? Bernie, I got it. I'm doing great, buddy. I got to tell you, like I told Sid, you guys make waking up every morning so worth it. And since I've been listening to you from the day one, I take less Thorzine, less Prozac, and less lithium. And I want to thank you guys. Wow, that's uh, high praise. Uh, well, I appreciate that for you, for you saying that. Where are you, Ira, by the way? Ira from? Bayonne, New Jersey. Bayonne, where, uh, the, the, what's his name, uh, the boxer we, we had on, what's his name? Uh, Chuck Wepner, the Bayonne, Bayonne leader. leader. He was uh, actually the inspiration for Rocky. You see him around the, uh, the hood and whatnot? Drives a Lincoln Continental. He's a very nice guy. He is, yeah, we had him on. But, uh, but Ira, what, I mean, so you are all right otherwise? I mean, you're a healthy guy, right? I'm a healthy guy, and I every day I pray for you. You're going to pull, you're going to pull this out. You're a... You're, you're, you're a fighter, dude, and you're going to make it, and we love you. You're going to be on this radio for the next 250 years because without you guys, I'm going to be in an insane asylum because you make every morning worth driving. 
Man, I love this guy, Ira. Ira, you are the best. We 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 gotta hire no, you. No, you some... guys are the best. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you very much, Ira. Listen, thank. We're running out of time. That's the only reason why I'm cutting you off. But uh, thank you for your kind words. Thank you for playing, and uh, thank you for listening. Let's do it again at some point in the future, okay? Love you, buddy. Be well. well all the love. Thanks very much, Ira, on the Bernie and Sitcher, 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You know, I just uh, looked outside the window. These beautiful studios, thank God. John Katz and Matidis. I spent years at um, the old address at Madison Square Garden. Bernie tripled my time there. So did Lou. And uh, the only window was in my office, actually. We, we did these shows from these really antiquated radio studios, no windows. Here we've got these gorgeous windows overlooking 3rd Avenue, 49th Street. It's really beautiful. And, and I still see these people. It's like 70-something degrees today. These jackasses walking around with masks on, like, like complete <laughs> jerk-offs. And it reminded me of last night's uh, Ranger game because this uh, Emily Kaplan, don't know her from a hole in the wall, but she does, she's the young girl who does the in-between period interviews and, and the updates. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, saw that. ESPN. So she started off last night, and she wasn't wearing a mask. And I had made a comment a couple of days ago. I can't watch this girl on, uh, on uh, ESPN wearing a mask. And I started getting messages. Oh, my God, Sid, she must have heard you, no mask. And then the next time they came back from a commercial, she was interviewing somebody, and she was wearing a mask. So she clearly puts it on when she's talking to somebody else. She's in an arena with 19,000 people this ditch. Does she realize that? Well, you call her a ditch. Maybe they're making her. No, I, I mean, know, but she, but she shouldn't do it. Say, F you, I'm not going to do it. You know, it's funny. Uh, the, the, I did that. You did indeed. You've bucked a lot of uh, rules regarding masks over the past couple of years. But uh, when Justin Trudeau made this, his announcement, uh, uh, they're not going to, you know, stripping people of their nine millimeter guns or whatever the hell it was, or any handgun. All the people standing behind him, they were wearing masks. It looked like uh, it, they were they were zombies. Uh -huh. I mean, it has now become a symbol of of uh, the New World Order, if you will. Uh, really, it's just it's a sick sick cult but is you, what but, it is. But you've nailed it again because you talk about, and I said this morning that much like the royal family, and thank God that thing is over, that whole Queen's Jubilee, at least they're not, they're not uh, there now. Uh, and I said Democrats are kind of like the royal family. They really feel like, and you say this all the time, you're right, they're superior, they're better people, they care more. That's why they walk around with masks. That's why my sister thinks I'm an animal, to be honest with you. And the truth is, is that uh, all they're doing is bucking the science, not doing anybody any favors, and making us look worse. Like, And now they're saying they're going to bring it back on all the um, the transportation here. Right now it's up to you. You can wear a mask if you want to. Yeah. They're going to start bringing back all these mandates, Burn, because the cases are going up and nobody's dying. Well, nobody's uh, actually, sick. Last night I heard that they started to go down, but the, the, the Biden administration is furiously appealing that ruling. They want to get masks back on planes, as yeah. you point out. And inside on transportation, on buses and uh, trains, et cetera. Yeah, no, they won't stop. But uh, I did hear that last night. Cases are going down, down. starting starting yesterday. Mm. This is what I heard. I hope it's the case. But uh, but it's become more than just a scientific thing, as you point out. It's 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 it's, it's a re it's a cult. It's a, it's a sickness. These people are out of their minds. It's a it's a it's a virtue signal, is what it is. Yeah, and uh, it, it it's, it's nauseating also at the well, same time. If you think about it, all the major issues, Democrats think that Bernie and Sid and all you listeners out there don't care about women, right? Because of the whole abortion issue, we don't care about uh, mass shooters. 
because of uh, the whole gun thing. We don't care about people dying because of the whole COVID thing. Uh, I mean, if you, you can go on and on that we just don't care about all these people and all these instances because we differ uh, politically, which, of course, is ridiculous and bordering on obscene. But that's how they feel. I and you, You've nailed it. You said it. They really feel that way. They feel morally superior. It used to be you could agree to disagree. This is one party. This is the other or, or the, the other side of the political aisle. It, and that was the way it was. And that was it. And then you have a beer and you continue. Now they they look at you and you yeah. are you are you're a bigot a Nazi a uh, psycho uh, they judge you you're insensitive you don't care about other people yeah you just, they, I mean. they are the psychos yep and they're the one this morally superior thing I mean who the hell do you think you are <laughs> I mean you're gonna to judge yourself morally superior to somebody else well, what does that say about you that's why I'm rooting for the Boston Celtics tonight even though I've hated the Celtics my whole life as a diehard Nick man but I can't stand Steve Kerr so let's go Boston absolutely right man, I'm dying for the Celtics to take this right plus for Leslie Visser and Joseph Abood anyway what a what a great show today fun informative Got a lot of laughs today and I enjoyed it Thank you. So did I, Sydney. Uh, listen, thanks for being my partner, brother. You too, bro. I could All not. All the love. The best. You are the absolute best. And I mean that from the bottom, bottom of my heart. You're the absolute best. I love you. Lou Rafino, great job today. Philip, you're doing a terrific job. Luke who? Justin Ellick, great job. Frankie Diaz with an E. Deb Valentine, the whole crew. Good morning, Jack and Carl. We're back again tomorrow morning before a game two. Rangers and Lightning. Enjoy your Thursday in New York City, folks, from Bernie and Sid and all of us on this morning show to all of you. Peace. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.